Today's episode of Friday Rolling on the BS Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. Brought to you by our friends at ZipRecruiter. You know what's not smart? Having Deshaun Kaiser as your backup QB when you have Aaron Rodgers and your season screwed anyway if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. You know what is smart? Listening to ZipRecruiter. There's a smart way to not be overwhelmed with tons of the wrong resumes. It's our friends at ZipRecruiter. They find people with the right skills for the right jobs and actively invite them to apply. You get qualified candidates very fast. They are rated number one by employers in the US based on Trustpilot rating of hiring sites with at least a thousand reviews. My listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Meanwhile, our friends at Racket Mortgage by Quicken Loans are excited to introduce their all new Rate Shield approval. If you're in the market to buy a home, Rate Shield approval is a real game changer. And here's why. First, Quicken Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. If rates go up, your rate stays the same. If rates go down, your rate also drops. Either way, you win. It's that kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. It's Friday and I can't speak because I'm Friday rolling. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash Bill Simmons. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where we put up just a slew of good podcasts this week, including a rewatchables. Sean Fennessy and I, we did rounders, but we had, I mean, man, we had, I'm looking at the list right now. We had Channel 33, The Watch, two new Ringer NFL shows. Larry Wilmore had Eric Holder. J.J. Reddick had Hassan Minaj. Dave Chang talked with Vivek Garapali about the power of taking risks. Joe House on House of Carbs, State Fairs. Cousin Sal, Against All Odds. Week One Bets. Channel 33 talked about Colin Kaepernick on damage control. Ryan Rosillo. That was week three of that one. Man. We just have a lot of good podcasts. One other thing to check out, our Instagram is getting better and better, the Ringer Instagram. Yesterday, we sent Haley O'Shaughnessy to some event, and it's really funny, and she's getting it. Uh, check that out. We were trying to put new stuff up uh, in all kinds of ways. Kevin Clark's thing on, he's doing the worst picks ever that we're putting on um, on Twitter and on YouTube. Check out all our stuff. If you like the site, if you like the podcast, I promise you're going to like the social and the videos because we really started to figure it out on that end. Coming up, a little Friday rolling with Joe House and our favorite week two picks. And then Keegan-Michael Key, back. He came back with, uh, with jo- he was there with Jordan Peele in 2016. He's never, never been here solo. We talked about a lot of fun stuff. That's a good one. First, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, Joe House on the line. I'm not sure we're doing this every Friday, but at least the first couple Fridays. It's time to Friday roll, Joe House. How are you? Yeah, it's old school Friday rolling. I'm great. Um, feels like we should start off with a little bit of accountability. 
Mm. What's that? You know, give the public. Well, just let everybody know. We got together last week. We gave out six selections. We went three and three, kind of as is our way. I gave out four picks. I mean, I got I gave out two. You gave out four, but I liked a couple of yours. And uh, you know, the Saints effed America. That's really the bottom line to all of this. The Saints effed America. And the biggest thing was one of my picks was the Bears money line with yes. the with the Saints actually. But you laughed, you scoffed at me, you made all kinds of jokes. I was up seventeen nothing. I was so ready to rub it in your face, and then Mitch Trubisky <laughs> Trubisky'd me, and and then that no, dude, he didn't. Mitch, Mitch not Mitch. Mitch Trubisky'd me, and then the dude on the Bears. Dropped the game-winning interception, which kind of got glossed over in the whole, oh, my God, Aaron Rodgers, to see the goat. It's like, if that dude catches the interception, we're not talking about Aaron Rodgers on two, on Monday. But, uh, but that that's was, always the way. That happens. That's football. Well, we knew we knew somebody. We knew a big money line underdog last week was going was gonna to pay off big. It turned out to be the Bucks. It, not only did they pay off big, I think they were like plus 360 or plus 380, something like that. They also demolished um, a bunch of elimination pools. They demolished parlays. They demolished teasers, and I loved it. I stayed away. I didn't. I didn't get in there, and it wasn't for any reason other than just being overwhelmed by the week one slate. But it was one where I was so happy I I didn't get in on any of the action. You were prescient. You said on this very podcast that yeah. there is going to be one of these, you know, big uh, spreads. A team is going to come out and and cover it and maybe even win. And we just couldn't figure out what 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 would we what would have been the indicator to us other than the fact that Sean Payton and the Saints uh, historically start off slow. But what would have been the indicator to us that Ryan Fitzpatrick would come out and and drop all that bearded glory? I know we should have. I was scared. I remember on the South podcast, I was a little scared of them, but they, you know, they do have receivers and they can score some points. And it was a weird game. It just, the flow of it was strange. The Bucks kept scoring and then some weird stuff. And then all of a sudden the Saints were way behind. And um, it was a little like the Ravens Bengals game last night where I actually think the Bengals are a better team, but that game got out of hand for the Ravens. And all of a sudden, it was kind of almost unwinnable. They they ended up clawing back and get making it at least a little close. But sometimes, you know, sometimes that happens in football. You try not to overreact. I heard I was driving in this morning was hearing Coward talking about uh, the Final Four last year. None of them were two and zero after the first two games last year. And you know, it it goes back to the lesson of don't overreact to September. I know it. Do it's not the do mantra. it. Now, I I, I want to include a very quick complaint about last night's game to the part of the reason that the Ravens were able to hang around was because they had two pass interference penalties in the end zone. I thought last night's last night's game was officiated horrendously yeah, on both sides of the ball. Well, you it, know, I, I just, the, I understand like on a short week teams being sloppy and, 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 you know, not being ready. That there's no excuse for the refs to suck. I know Joe Flacco, we were talking, uh, we were in the NFL Slack last night talking about Flacco. Just when things aren't going his way and he's throwing the ball all over the place, he just starts going for PIs. You know, he's That's doing right. it too. He's just chucking it 40 yards downfield. The Bengals basically whiffed on an interception when it was 28 7. He threw it in a triple coverage and the guy jumped through and it somehow went through his hands and got caught. And that led to 28 14. 
But uh, I didn't think the Ravens played very well. At the same time, I don't want to overreact to September. The bigger thing for me, the Bengals look like a pretty live AFC North pick. And Sal and I were on them before the year at plus 750. Um, I, I, the most intriguing game for me this weekend, what are you doing? Are you shuffling through papers? What's going on over there? Me? I'm, I'm, uh, you know, it could be the hypersensitivity of the Apple earphones. I, it's not often that I'm using this, these headphones oh. and microphone. Jesus. I mean, I, I, I'm Apple not really earphones. moving, but really, you're really, really picking up a lot of action. They really I'm excited are. to hear this, this selection. I mean, I'll try and sit still. Um, now <laughs> I was saying the Pittsburgh KC game is the biggest. I I can't wait to learn more about those two teams games because the line is off. It seems like I thought it was going to be Steelers by three. Steelers are home. Maybe even yeah. Steel, I picked Steelers two and a half. Um, and the line is actually, what is it now? It's, it's, uh, I saw Steelers, five and a half Steelers by five. So Five, pe- okay. So people came out of that Chiefs game, and instead of saying, "Wow, this team is super explosive," there there's stuff happening here, and this team's going to score a lot of points, they actually went the other way and did the whole, well, their defense. If you know, if the Chargers catch two balls, they've given up five touchdowns and 500 plus yards, and that defense is awful. And it's it's weird. The Chiefs won a road game against a team that a lot of people are picking to win the AFC. And somehow came off worse from it. And meanwhile, the Steelers were in this shit show in Cleveland. Roethlisberger looked terrific. They don't have Le'Veon Bell. I don't think their defense looks good. I thought the Browns had a lot of chances to do some stuff in that game. And between Hugh Jackson and Tyrod Taylor was just really reprehensible in that game. I'm shocked by this line. And I'm going to make that my first pick, House. I think the Chiefs are getting too many points. I think they can win this game. And either way, I think they're going to put up points. So I'm taking Chiefs plus five, a full unit on that one. Okay. Well, I'm going to not talk you out of it, but I talked myself out of that pick. I, too, thought that line looked very enticing. It looked inflated. And then I ran across a trend line. And you know my way. I like to look for these angles and these trends, Bill Simmons, when we're Friday rolling. And I encountered a stat that I did not like. Here it is. Three teams this week are playing their second road game to begin the season. Those three teams, the Houston Texans, the Seattle Seahawks, and unfortunately, the Kansas City Chiefs. In the past three years, if you play against teams in this position, there have been 12 such games in the past three years where teams open up on the road. Yeah. If you played against them, you would be 12 and 0 right now. Great. It's time for the so, streak to end. I have my man Pat Mahomes. Be. Come on, homie. It could be. Matt, it Pat Mahomes, be. my homie. That's what it's the only thing that maybe tapped the brakes. Now the Chiefs defense was uh I used the word execrable. I'm going to try and use that every podcast until I'm able to say it. I'm going to keep using it. Execrable. Yeah, execrable. They were bad. That was a bad Chiefs defense. And there is a noticeable difference in the comfort level for Ben Roethlisberger between the road and home. And that game was well in hand last week in Cleveland. I I regard the turnovers by Pittsburgh as kind of a fluke. Um, a fluke. And they should they, have won that game by double digits. six turnovers. How could it be a fluke? They turned the ball over six times. What are you talking about? I just that 
that's an aberration is what I'm saying. There, oh, you wouldn't it. expect that. That that aberration is what let the, the Browns into the game. I didn't think – I just don't think Pittsburgh's defense is that good. They have they, – they can rush the passer. I thought guys were open the whole game on Cleveland. I think the speed on KC is going to be a real problem. I – I actually had a really good feel for the league last week. A lot of the things that a lot of the teams that I liked came through. A lot of like the kind of under under the radar teams I thought stepped up that I believed in. And a lot of the teams that I thought sucked um, didn't come through. I mean, it didn't come through and sucked. Um, on this pod, I, I went two and two, but I actually did better than that with when it was actually gambling, especially on Monday night and last night. And I and I was really excited for this slate because I was like I really feel like I have a nice feel for the league right now, and then you go through the games and I just didn't like the matchups at all. I really had trouble getting the three games. Did you guys? Did you have three games you liked? I only came up with two, uh, and one of them is kind of a, a cop out. But I will say you did have a good feel. I, I'd like to go ahead and, and introduce uh, America to our pooper contest this year, if I may. Yeah. Uh, you and I, we, we have been year over year active participants in, regular participants in the Westgate Super Contest. We weren't able to make it to Vegas this year. So Sal is the only of our triumvirate that has actually entered with a legit um, paid for entry in the Super Contest. But I, I propose to, to you and Sal that we have our own Pooper contest. This I know. Well, I was and so we'll use- I was so mad. I went. Go I would have gone five and zero. Oh. It, it was like, of course, the one year I don't sign up, I would have gone five and zero oh in the contest to start the year. Really frustrating. Uh, let, wait. Let me look at this. Uh, you had Bengals, Chiefs, Panthers, yeah, Rams, and Bears. Yeah, uh, all those teams that, covered. That was a five and zero. Oh. That's right. Sal and I went three and two. I'm gonna insist. I'm gonna keep sending you my picks. You and Sal my picks. We know what pick Sal's gonna make, so I'm just gonna in- insist. I know. That you you make picks and we're gonna have our pooper contest and, and I actually just keep track of it. I'm worried about Sal. Sal is Why? on this. He's on this gambling show and he's so deep into it. He is going like his initial instinct, the backlash to the instinct, the instinct beyond the instinct. He's like in the fucking matrix, and I think uh, he's we, overthinking everything. He's he's got to get back this, to the basics. I'm going to take him out. We're going to go somewhere, overeat. I'm going to make him puke, and then he'll be right back to center. He took he took Matt Patricia and the Lions as his first I big pick that. on a show. Oh, I, my God. I hate to take a victory lap on Matt Patricia, but I'm going to do it anyway. I, I never understood what he brought to the table. I never understood why he was a genius. All we did was bend but don't break. We fell behind... In every Super Bowl we've ever we've ever played him with him as the defensive coordinator, the Eagles completely demolished us last thing. And then you watch the Pats this year in Week One, and so much more aggressive. And and then you watch Detroit, and they just looked like a complete fucking mess. Um, which which brings me to well, my you just, you, oh uh, no, you you're we're gonna have the same second pick. We're have have the same pick here. No, we're not because I'm going in a different direction. Oh. oh. M- um, I like this Pat's defense this year. This is one of the only oh, games the I really like this okay. week. Yeah. So all right, you have the Pats in Jacksonville. The line is right now Pats by Pats favored by one. And anybody who's listening to this podcast knows that I'm actually exceedingly realistic about the Patriots when when I'm actually picking them 
betting on them. I I picked the Eagles in the Super Bowl last year. I did not understand why the Pats were favored by four and a half. I think their defense is good this year. I think it's legit good. Mm. I think it's like pick them up in fantasy level good. I just think they have speed again. They got some guys back. They made a couple good draft picks. They have <laughs> every time I say something exciting, your your Apple headphones just start uh, vibrating. Well, because um, I start breathing heavy, you can hear me breathe. <laughs> uh, they're just good. They're just good defensively. I was really impressed by how they played last week, and I think they made Houston look a little bit worse than maybe Houston is. Houston had some offensive line issues, so people are looking at this game, and they're worried about the Pats running backs. They're worried about the receivers. Well, first of all. Dorsett was really good last week, and I think they've kind of unlocked Dorsett. He's another guy I would pick up in fantasy if he's still available in your league. I think teams thought Dorsett was like this deep threat and because he's so fast. It's like, oh, we'll just have this guy, you know, basically send him flying down all over the field. And he's actually a slot receiver, and I think they've unlocked that now, and he was good. Chris Hogan got shut down last week, which was fine because they were able to spread around with Gronk. I think Brady will be able to do enough offensively to kind of carry them along. And really, I think the defense with Fournette's hurt, the Jags, they their receivers, I, I was not impressed with what I saw from that Giants game with the way they moved the ball. And it, this just feels like a kind of 20 to 14, 20, 23 to 12, 23 to 17 type of not a fun game, ugly game, but I think the Pats win this one. So that's my second okay, pick. I, I, I like it, and I like the rationale. I, too, was very underwhelmed. The Jaguars had multiple opportunities in the fourth quarter of that Giants game. I watched the entire fourth quarter just to see because I think the Jaguars are, are going to be pretty great this season. I have them. I was almost took them in our wins pool at yeah. the eighth spot because I think they might win 12 games this season. Um, but uh, I wanted to see that the reason I didn't take them is because I, I couldn't in good conscience, have any of my hard-earned American cash riding on the proposition of a game in the balance uh, one way or the other and Blake Bortles having to deliver an outcome for me. So I watched with great interest that fourth quarter when the Jaguars had multiple opportunities to slam the door on the Giants and they couldn't move the ball a lick and I was very happy. I was relieved. I breathed a great sigh of relief that I didn't put any of my fate in the hands of Blake Bortles and they counted on their defense to close out that game. Right. It's a great effing defense. And that, and that, and it worked. I so, mean, the, the, we, we made a lot of fun of Eli in the, in the preseason and there was a good reason to, to do so. Well, so that's how they win this game against the Pats. I think they have to hold the Pats 17 points or under because I just don't think they have enough offense. The biggest problem for them right now, especially with uh Lee out is, they they just don't have enough explosiveness. They it's really hard for them to get big plays. And if Fournette's going to be banged up, you know it's going to have to be those bend but don't break drives where they just have the ball sixteen plays. I don't think they're going to be able to get big plays against this Pats defense. Which and I and the Pats will get a couple. Um, but it's interesting. I really like the Jags a week before the season. And then I talked yeah. myself out of it because I didn't want to just pick all the same division champs. So I was like, where can I go differently? And became more enamored with Tennessee, new coach. I liked some of the ads they had. And then Tennessee had like the the week from hell in week one. They lost to Laney Walker for, for the year. 
They got some other injuries. Their line's banged up. Mariota's already hurt. And that, right. and then you look at Houston. Houston's already had a bunch of shit happen. The Colts certainly don't look great. And it just looks like by default, the Jags are an 11-win team. So I think your instincts were right on that. I, I think they're yeah. just in the right division. I don't think those other teams are good. Yeah, I'm, w- I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, I want to circle back and make my first selection. We Do talked it. about Matt Patricia. We talked about the Detroit Lions. I'm going to have a theme this week. That Detroit defense was incredible. And by incredible, I mean incredibly awful. Holy <laughs> cow, were th- were, did they stink. Yeah. At a home game, your home opener against a rookie quarterback on the road, Sam, handsome Sam, completed 76% of his passes, 9.4 yards per attempt. Detroit is now on a short week traveling to San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan really impressed me last week against Minnesota. That game was in the balance. They they had a fumble on the one-yard line and multiple drops uh, uh, across the all, all of their wide receivers. That was a really competitive game. I think San Francisco is going to beat the crap out of Detroit. Now, wow. I understand that the 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 uh, there's a contrarian play. You know, there's an uh, uh, you don't want to overreact to what we saw out of Detroit. All those things are true. I just am now on a pure coach basis. I prefer Kyle Shanahan to Matt Patricia. My single favorite thing. A lot of great content this week out of the Ringer and out of Mike Lombardi uh, in, in particular. He, he made the observation that Matt Patricia keeps a pencil behind his ear while holding a laminated play card. Yeah. So the curiosity there is, what is the point of the pencil? That's my kind of dumb coach to go against. I'm going against. I'm taking the smart coach over the dumb coach. Give me San Fran land the six at home against the Detroit Lions. I don't know what else I could have done. I tried to tell everybody about Matt Patricia and, and, and it was just falling on deaf ears. I, I was like, I don't know where this genius thing came from. I don't get it. Our defense sucks. I've, he's never been impressive ever. And the Patriots were more than happy to let him go. Meanwhile, when McDaniels, Kevin Clark pointed this out on worst picks ever this week, when McDaniels tried to leave the Pats lured him back, the moment Patricia was even one inch out the door, they shoved them. I, I just don't get it. He, I think he, I just think he's going to be a disaster. So I looked at this game long and hard. There's some red flags for me. Red flag number one is this looks like a classic tease game. And yet you should not trust. I don't think the Niners are good enough to throw in a tease. I would encourage America to, to not do that. Um, secondly, I, I really worry about the explosiveness on the Niners to try to extend a lead when I actually watched their skill position guys on Sunday. It was really like a lot of George Kittle, like a lot, like a, like a yeah. really heavy, heavy dose of George Kittle. <laughs> more, uh, more Kittle than you, than you cared for. I like George Kittle. I think he's great, but yeah. man, was he involved. Their receivers, <laughs> you had Pierre Garcon. Were you a fan? Yeah. He's fine. Oh, sure. Yeah, actually I, I am a fan. He's a fine second receiver. He's, fine. he's a good position. Well, unfortunately receiver. he's their first receiver. And they're, <laughs> that's a problem. And their running backs are all like four string guys. Like they really are. They don't have, they don't have a guy who would start at running back on a good team. We it's, it's so from a skill position standpoint, that worries me a little. And I got to say, like, 
he, he slight red flag. I, I'm still in on the Patricia's a disaster thing. That Detroit Jets game was close. It was 17-17. It wasn't like the Jets went up 21-0. It was just one of those weird, it was just an nah. awful game. It had no flow. Nah. The Lions effed Pick up. Six. No, I, I get Remember it. Remember what, yeah. I get it. I, I just, I don't want to overreact to the Lions. I'm I am you. overreacting I'm to Matt Patricia. You. I think he's terrible, but uh, <laughs> something about this, something about this scares me. I don't know what it is. Like, I almost feel like I wouldn't take the Lions plus six. But I think if you bet the Lions in this game, you do you do the money line would be my advice. Sure, sure. Right. You're, there's some value in that money line. Let me see what it is right now. It's, pu- it's can, like I'm plus sure 220. Can... Yeah, that's, not, that's, that's pretty good. So there's you a couple. see it plus 225. So there's a couple. Uh, there's a couple games that I looked at long and hard and backed off on. Because okay. there's some matchups that I liked, but I don't like what I'm seeing with the team I like. So, all right, Carolina at Atlanta, Carolina plus six. But then you read about Carolina and they're, they're pretty banged up, like especially on the offensive line. Cause initially I was like, oh, wow, Atlanta lost two guys last. They lost Deion Jones. They lost uh, one of their best D backs. And I think Carolina's good. Yeah. And I think Carolina's, that was my pick for them to win the division. And then I read the stuff about Carolina on top of, we should mention like they're, you know, Carolina's going through a fucking natural disaster right now. And those guys have to deal with yeah. that. Best of luck to right. everybody in the South, by the way, hopefully uh, they get yeah, through the weekend, but Carolina, I just, it just, there's too much going on. So that one was a stay away for me. And then uh, the, where's the other one? Um, My Redskins. Yeah, that was the other one. So <laughs> I knew it. Are you sure you should be favored by over five points against like anybody in the league other than the Bills? Are we sure that should be God, the case? No, absolutely not. Under like, no circumstances. Are you crazy? So I think one of the things I've learned over the years, and I'm not saying I, I'm Mr. Expert, but you you kind of want to gravitate to when you're just getting free points. And there is no really? evidence whatsoever that the that the Redskins should be favored by five and a half points over the Colts. It feels like that line should be Redskins by three and a half. I don't even like the Colts, but I just feel like you're getting two extra points for no reason with that. So I think it's a stay away. I will say it was hard to learn too much about the Redskins last weekend because the Cardinals were so bad. But Chris Tom- bad. Chris Thompson looked incredible. So that that was the big thing for you because you really missed him last year and and. He's like weirdly valuable for that offense. And I thought he looked great. You agree? The crucial thing with Chris Thompson is having him in the role that he can be optimized in. And that is where they found themselves with this offense. God bless Adrian Peterson. He he asked for a workout with the Redskins. He went in there in the best shape of his life. There's a great story, and I want to give credit to the author, and I don't remember who. It's a it's a Washington uh, Post story about his workout with the Redskins and how after they saw him, they're like, we got to sign this guy right now. Yeah. Uh, and that set in motion uh, really an offensive attack where everybody can play their role. So Chris Thompson as a third down back, as a real um, threat to take the ball at the line of scrimmage or a little above on a short, quick Alex Smith accurate pass and go do things with it is awesome. You know, sweeps and and, and stuff like that. Uh, screen 
Game Pass. Yeah, that's, you really. That's where he's going to excel. You missed him last year. Wait, tell us. Uh, tell actually, hold on. I'm going to do an ad. I'm going to do a read that you're going to be so excited about because this is something that okay. has entered my life recently. Have you tried a Starbucks double shot house? No. Well, let me explain what it is. It starts with bold Starbucks coffee. It's blended with milk for a smooth, creamy, delicious flavor. Those are three of your favorite words. It's enhanced mm. with ginseng, guarana, and B vitamins. It's available oh, in six delicious flavors. Mocha, vanilla, hazelnut, white chocolate, coffee, and Mexican mocha. Oh, which spicy. I think you dated a Mexican mocha once. I can't. I'm, I'm, it was a long time ago. I can't totally remember. It's an energy coffee drink that not only tastes great, but gives you the energy to go from point A to point done. You drink more caffeine than basically anyone I've ever met. Um, it's a, it says to mention some story about when we're when we're sharper, when we have more energy. You basically you would have a caffeine IV running through your your wrist if you could have one. I mean, my go-to order when I order at Starbucks is an iced Trenta Black Eye, which is a giant iced coffee with two shots of espresso in it. Yeah. Um, mainly because I like the taste of that, but I also then can drink that uh, over you know two hours. Yeah. Uh, in 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 the morning, and I'm ba- you know that that gets me to the afternoon before I have to have my afternoon coffee at four o'clock. This this new product you're describing, this double shot. Maybe what I do is I get the iced Trenta. Uh, iced coffee and then take the beautiful double shot and, yeah. and pour a little taste in there. That beautiful smoothness, the creaminess, daddy like. <laughs> Maybe you just drink seven Starbucks double shots and it'll be the same thing as the, the, the Trenta iced red eye. What, I mean, when you have that, the person, I've seen you order it and I've seen the reaction of, of the person behind the counter and it's always looks like you've asked them for a rock of cocaine. They, they they do seem to be surprised. They it's, actually it's a store that I haven't been in before. They they're actually like fearful that there's police cameras and there's a there's a SWAT team coming. The Starbucks double shot energy to do the things you actually do. Find it in your local convenience store. Starbucks send some new uh, Joe House. He would drink the double shots. So I have to ask you about the Redskins. Go ahead. How's the Alex Smith era for you? How is it? I I I love it. I'm telling you. It is exactly as advertised. Uh, the the game plan is imp- impeccable because it is perfectly suited for a three-step drop, ball get out, and we have the receivers for that. That's where Jordan Reed excels. That's where Chris Thompson excels. That's where Jamison Crowder excels. Uh, and we still have deep threat over the top with Paul Richardson and Josh Dotson. And, you know, just take a couple cracks here and there. Now, we didn't really have to see what Alex Smith has under the hood because Adrian Peterson had 166 yards total from scrimmage, uh, you know, between rushing and a couple uh, receptions. Uh, and that was a glorious thing to see. But, you know, um, I think I, I still understand the the, the thinking and I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be overly exuberant about it, that as the season goes on, 
I may think, oh, this is a spot where Cousins might have excelled. But here's here's the biggest difference. The, 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 the thing you can't have in the NFL is a dummy at coach and a dummy at quarterback. Well, now I don't have a dummy at quarterback anymore. <laughs> I had a dummy at coach and a dummy at quarterback the past four years. Yeah. It's not fun. It's not fun having two dummies in your life. So Smith that, is so far is not a dummy. Yeah, so we're we're gonna come back and to wait the, till I get to my Oakland pick, by the way. We're gonna get back to the Redskins in a second. Uh, because they might come up later with, with one of my other picks. That leads me oh. to the Cousins game, though, which there's no line. And I just want to mention um Minnesota's defense looked really fast last week against Garoppolo and the Niners. Like really fast. Yep. Striking, yes. strikingly fast. Like you felt like Jimmy was um, basically running for his life or had to move two seconds faster than he wanted to and get rid of the ball a half second earlier than he wanted. All that stuff. Their defense was really good. You would think, you would think, you would think that this would be bad <laughs> for a quarterback playing on one leg. You would think. Uh-huh. You would think yes. Minnesota in Lambeau against one-legged Aaron Rodgers and a not really that impressive Packers uh, defense, and um, all they have to do is is just do their thing and score enough points, and they should be able to win. You would think this is a lock, and yet the Cousins thing, I need to see it. I need to see him go into Lambo and actually beat Aaron, a one-legged Aaron Rodgers. I refuse to bet on this. Go do it. Do it. Let me be impressed, and then I will file that away for the next – 16 to 18 weeks of the season. But I'm not betting on this you right is, now, Kirk Cousins. I'm just not. I'm, so, I, I'm sorry if you don't like that, Kirk Cousins, but I'm not doing it. I hope America heard that uh, because this is the thing that, that, that the betting public needs to have in mind. Make Kirk Cousins prove it. Just I prove just it. Prove it once. in Washington. What's his That's greatest it. win? What was his greatest win for you? Off the top of your head, what's your favorite Kirk Cousins moment in Washington for four years? You like that? The comeback. Wait, it was either the comeback against Tampa or they beat uh, uh, Green Bay in the middle of the season on like a Monday night or something. Um, those, those every game that mattered, where there was real stuff on the line, I felt like he came up un underperforming, under expectation. The Giants game at the end of last season where all the Washington Deadskins had to do was win the game to make the playoffs, and he threw an interception with the ball. The ball was in his hands. There's less than two minutes. They can go down the field and at, at a minimum tie the game with a field goal, I think, or get a touchdown and win the game. And he 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 is the, the invisible linebacker sprung up on him once again. He has a some people are <laughs> colorblind, he's linebacker blind. Right. The invisible linebacker came up and he threw it right to the middle, and that was it, and the game over. That's the Kirk Cousins experience. Yeah. By the way, you know who played show me something with Kirk Cousins? The Washington Redskins. That's why they used a franchise tag on him two years. They would not right. pay him a, a big guarantee or to assign him to a multiple year contract. And you know what? It was the right decision. Yeah. It was prove it to me, Kirk, for four straight years. And guess what? That's right. He didn't prove it to him. And they told him to go away. So my first two picks are... Chiefs plus five and Pats minus one. And then for my third pick, I'm going to do something a little unconventional. I'm doing- You're two, allowed. I am, I am using 
the Chargers as my pivot team. Mm. So the pivot team is when you like one team in a tease and you put them with a couple other games and you either go one and one or two and oh or whatever you do, but you're banking on the pivot team not losing. Yep. I like the Chargers are seven and a half point favorites against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. They have three mm-hmm. times as much talent as the Bills. They're, they, the red flags here are West Coast to East Coast and betting on Anthony Lynn on the road and all the weird shit that seems to happen when the Chargers play. I think there's right. such a talent discrepancy in this game combined with the real 0-16 potential of the Bills. Like The Bills somehow came off worse after that Bengals-Ravens game because the Ravens looked like dog shit for most of that game and they beat the Bills 47-3. to I think there's a real chance the Bills are going to be catastrophically bad this year. And if if the Chargers screw up, it's not going to be because they actually lost. It'll just be they somehow don't cover and figure out a way to win 33-30 to 30 or some bullshit thing. Um, the uh, So at seven and a half, you can tease them with t- down to six. I mean, I'm sorry, down to uh, one or one and a half. So I'm going to do that with two different things. Okay. I am going to do a six and a half point tease, which is a minus 130 gambling line. Bring the Chargers down Mm -hmm. to one. I'm going to bring the Los Angeles Rams playing at home Mm. against the putrid Arizona Cardinals. A Rams team that, by the way, which was the case for them against the Raiders on Monday night, which I made, um, and extend the lead team. They're a good team that actually has a little dog, has a little good dog in them, not bad dog, where they're up 10, they're going to try to go up 17. They're up 17 with five minutes left. They want to extend it to 24. They keep pushing. They keep pushing. They try to make big plays. They have a great running back who can break away a 60-yarder at any time. And FYI, Joe fucking house, Todd Gurley's still 30-1 to one to win the MVP. Oh! Yeah. Wow! Oh, Is yeah. Is that true? Yes. Oh, I'm all right. We might have to hang up on this podcast. I have, I have, so I have a wager to place. And if Todd Gurley wins the MVP, I think it's going to be because a couple times a year he has the 220 yard three touchdown game. This is the perfect candidate for that. So I like, I like a Chargers Rams bringing the Rams down to six and a half minus 130. That combo. Who is Sam Bradford? Yeah. Sam Bradford beating me? Sam Bradford's mm. going to come back to haunt me against a far mm. superior Rams team? No. Stop no. it. Stop it. So that's one. And then the other one, um, I'm putting a half unit on this. Um, just a, it's, a, it's a money liner with the, with the Redskins minus 240 and, uh, and the Chargers minus 350, which comes out to a little better than even. Um. So you're it's a it's a Redskins Chargers money line parlay. Yes. I'll give you the exact okay. odds on that house. Who who screws me yeah. on that house? Uh the Redskins. <laughs> I mean, just just be prepared. There are a lot of factors that suggest that, you know, Andrew Luck is going to be coming here to Washington. They're going to be playing on grass, they're going to be playing outdoors. Um, it's going to be wet because it's raining. You know, the hurricanes nudge up some, some storms up here. Um, minus they, 122. Pat, I'm putting a half unit on it, house. Okay. All right. Minus I mean, 122. Factors. 
<laughs> okay, I like that. So we had a money line parlay. We have a teaser of Chargers and Rams. Money line parlay, Redskins and Chargers. So Parla I need the teaser, Chargers and Rams. Yeah. So I need the Chargers Pats to win. Chiefs. Yeah, Chargers win. And then I need to come through with a half unit on the skins and a full unit on the Rams to win by a touchdown or more. You know what's going to happen, House? The four o'clock games are going to start and you're going to be watching the ticker. And let's see, that Rams game probably starts at like 4.15. About 4.23, yeah. it's going to say card zero, Rams seven, girly touchdown. And now I'm covering. I'm already covering. The game's four minutes old and I'm feeling good. <laughs> so give me your second pick. I'm rooting for it. Yeah. So this is great. You know, there's a symmetry. We gave six picks out last week and you put a couple exotics in. We're going to have exactly six picks again this week. My second game. Uh, and again, the, the, the theme that I'm, I'm focused on here is, is this dummy coach thing. I talked about the, the predicament of dummy coach, dummy quarterback here in Washington. It's not uh, that surprising that I have another Gruden to pick on here. Mm. I like this Denver team. I talked about this Denver team last week i just feel like until further notice any situation in which oakland is is uh you know not getting seven points or more that i'm going to go against oakland under the right circumstances i mean oakland buffalo i'm not i'm not going against oakland but wow were they unprepared for the adjustments that the rams threw at them in the second half yeah check down charlie Derek Carr. i mean uh <laughs> not Derek. Uh, David, Derek, David, Derek. No, it is Derek Carr. I, I, it is Derek Carr. I got it right. <laughs> Goodness gracious. This is what happens when you, when, when you don't have enough double shot, Bill. Yeah. Um, Creamy, smooth and delicious. I, I, that That's it. I love uh, Denver at home against an Oakland team on a short week. The Oakland team looked like it was, it was in search of uh, an excuse to quit. And they found it in the second half. Yeah. The uh, uh, um, Rams completely took away everything on the perimeter uh, receiver-wise. And I think Denver is entirely capable of the exact same thing. I also think Denver can run the ball against Oakland. I just think that they're going to do a ball control, run the ball. I also don't like a team like Oakland on the road early in the season having to go into altitude. So I just – I think – uh, Denver at less than a touchdown is appealing to me. Dummy quarterback, dummy coach. I'm taking Denver minus six. You've talked me into uh, throwing them in a tease with the Chargers. So I'm going to put a half unit on it. <laughs> yeah. Denver and the Chargers. Yeah. Um, I right. watched I watched that entire game last week, Denver, Seattle, because there was four games. I was able to concentrate on all the TVs. The Arizona game was done early and I could really concentrate on the Denver thing. I actually thought Denver looked good. And what was interesting about that game is I think they would have won by double digits pretty easily, but Seattle's kick-ass punter kept pinning them inside like they're 15 over and over again. Every time it seemed like Denver was just going to take control of the game, there was yet another like booming punt and all of a sudden they were starting on their own 12 again. And it, it just the game had a really weird flow. They were constantly having to go 85 yards. And now you look, I agree with you. I think, I think Gruden's a jackass. I was I just thought for 12 years on TV, he never said one thing I thought was interesting. He had no insight. Um, I think he is shtick and not actual real coaching. And he decimated this team already. He traded their best I player. Mean, uh, 
he he's done a bunch of weird shit. He's waived draft picks that they just took like a year and two years ago. And I haven't seen anything that makes me think this is a competent professional football team. The, the other thing is that that team had the benefit of watching their former teammate, Khalil Mack, go out and be a one-man wrecking ball. Yeah. Uh, I think there is still to be sorted out in Oakland, you know, this uh, the, the player anxiety around the transition that they've obviously undertaken. And I don't think that's a small thing. You can't dismiss it, especially when what we saw, the success that Oakland had was a perfectly scripted first half of the game where Gruden had, you know, he was able to, the play calling was fine. It was one dimensional though. And he had no answer when the Rams came out in the second half and, and, and had adjustments that took those receivers out of the game. And on this short week, I think Gruden may again show up in Denver with the script. And as soon as things go off script, they are cooked. So the other team I like that I'm not going to bet on is uh, the Jets minus three against Miami. Cause I, I, I don't think Miami is good. And that Miami Tennessee game last week was just weird. You know, you've weird game, four hour delay, and guys getting hurt right. on Tennessee. And Miami made a couple big plays. There's no, there's no reason to think that's actually a good team. I think that was a very strange game. And if you just played it conventionally, and it was a normal three hour game, and a couple injuries don't happen, who knows if Miami doesn't lose by eighteen? I think the Jets are better. I can't bet on it though because I think there's going to be so much energy in there because um, the Jets fans are just so delighted and overwhelmed to finally they have a decent quarterback. It. Yeah, it's like they're like the the 38 year old virgin who's finally having sex. Like they don't even they can't even believe. <laughs> I remember what that was like. Yeah. <laughs> they they're like wow, the sex thing's unbelievable. You have like an orgasm. It feels good. Did, like they, did they, you know about this? Did you know oh about the sex? And then you you wait you wait good. a couple minutes, and then you can keep doing it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> then you're happy and. And then you just get to sleep next to the person. Like it, it's really adorable to watch them go through this with a real quarterback. Uh, I just don't trust him because I think there's going to be so much energy and adrenaline in that stadium. I worry about how that's going to affect him. Cause I, yeah, I that, that's all very, I think reasonable. he's an adrenaline I, QB and I, I could just see him being so jacked and pumped. He's fucking throwing 58 yarders downfield, trying to make home runs and stuff. Maybe he he's a badass. I mean, he's, he is. That, he's that head of hair that he has on him. I mean, that's an unparalleled head of hair. It's great, and he's a handsome fella. And I just think he he. I don't think he's going to be overwhelmed by the moment. I do agree with the idea that he's going to be juiced. Let me bounce one one other play off of you. Yeah. I came very hard, very close to including the Giants this week. Nah. I love the Giants getting eh. points against Dallas. Mm. Well, this is why I'm asking you. Why why are you expressing that that uh, dissatisfaction? Because you you accurately forecasted this this Dallas team being they stink very sucky. They stink. And now all of the problems that were identified manifested themselves. I mean, I think we're going to get a full slate, clean slate coaching-wise in, in Dallas, uh, yeah. either at some point during the season or, or in the offseason. They have nothing at receiver, and, and the entire defense, all Carolina had to do was stop uh, Zeke, and they did it. And I, don't, I, I thought the Giants looked pretty good defensively against Jacksonville. Yeah. I just think Eli's washed. I think he's okay. washed. I think That's it's like a Carmelo me. Anthony Rockets you. thing. It's like the guy's done. Like what? What are you doing? He's not. He's not. He's washed. Yeah, and it's like 
And if he does well in Dallas, that's fine. Then he covers. But I just don't trust him. I don't want to put my money okay. on Eli Manning at this point. I'm with you, though. I, I stared at that one long and hard, and I just couldn't stomach. I Eli single-handedly lost that game for them last week. He sucked. Just he too couldn't much. do it. Yeah, I... We we he hasn't been good in four years. It's just enough. I mean, I I I respect the hell out of the guy. The two me Super too. Bowl wins. He stole two rings from me. I, he he did it. He really did. And he, apparently, he's a great golfer. Another handsome guy. I'd love to play around in golf and have a cheeseburger with Eli. I just don't want to bet my hard-earned money on him. It's the, it's the right move. The other one, the most fun line of the week, and I have no opinion on this, was Tampa getting three and a half at home against Philly because somebody is. We have it every year. We know it's going to happen. There's going to be a weird 2-0 team. And we were like, whoa, they're 2-0. How'd that happen? And Tampa is the leading candidate right now. I'd say Tampa and the Jets are the two that I think people would be the most surprised if they were 2-0. So maybe those two. I'm trying to look, think who else. Uh, yeah, no, Nobody else would be like a shocker. Like Denver's not shocking if they're 2-0. Those two would be, I think, the most surprising ones. So... Um, well, this was good, House. This was a, this was a nice little uh, little Friday hey, rolling for you. us. Uh, go, I agree with you. Go have seventeen Starbucks double shots, and uh, <laughs> and I'm actually on my way to a, 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 a there's a restaurant here. Is my tenth wedding anniversary occurred yesterday? My wife and I are going to sneak away. We haven't been away from our child in I don't know however many years. I can't wait to to explore this thing you you described. Sex? I can't wait to see what that's about. But we're going to this beautiful <laughs> restaurant, the Inn at Little Washington, yeah. outside of, of D.C. Just received its third Michelin star. I can't talk, talk about you know eating. I, I, I hope that they ordered enough. That's all I can say. I hope that they have enough in the larder for what I'm, I'm coming down there prepared to do. Well, it's also the tenth anniversary this weekend of my daughter pulling the fire alarm in the Martha's Vineyard Airport <laughs> and causing a national security incident. Uh, my she was two High and a half years mark. old time. I just want to tell you before you go, I went to Major yeah. Domo on Monday and I had the pork uh-huh. had the pork butt, which I had not had before, yeah. which sure. is prepared three different ways now. They bring oh, it out, you eat God. it with like lettuce and the kimchi style, all the the hot sauce that he has, all that oh, stuff. Oh, my favorite, my favorite. Then, then they they bring it out a second way, which I'm blanking because I actually went into like a meat sweat coma for the second one. And then the third time it comes back chopped up in rice and stuff. So it's served, th- oh. the same pork butt is served three different times. So that was delicious. And then last night I went to APL because it was the Roastmaster's birthday. <laughs> you son and, of a uh, bitch, what a week. Yeah, it was it was a double Kimmel week for me for meals, and we had the uh, APL short ribs and fillet, yeah, and uh, right. and all this stuff. So um, I, I'm not feeling great, house. And I will say, baby doll James, baby doll Dixon, who do, who doesn't usually overeat with meat, um, took seven dumps last night at the dinner. Just kept going back to the bathroom. <laughs> And dump, and dumping his brains out, and then telling us how his it wasn't agreeing with his stomach as we're trying to eat meat. So that was great. We did make him pay, but um, well, that's the only only way to do it. Of course, he has to pay. Yeah, but you're coming out next month, so we're going to be going to all these places. Well, you, I mean, this is it. Those those are two of the the highlights of this trip. I'm already looking forward to it in mid October. So just just give yourself a full month to recover because we're we're doing it again. Yeah, right? I'm, we're going to run that one back. I'm going all salads. 
colonics yeah. and juices for go. the next four weeks getting ready for your arrival. Yes. House, yes, th- thanks, my guy. For, thanks for Friday rolling with me. I'll talk to you soon. I love it. Thanks, guys. Hey, we're going to talk to Keegan Michael Key in a second about a whole bunch of stuff. It's really good. But first, let's talk about buying a home. It can be one of the most important purchases you'll ever make. Today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with higher payments, turning a great experience into an anxious one. That's why Quicken Loans created their exclusive power buying process. Here's how it works. They check your income, assets, and credit to give you a verified approval, which means you have the strength of a cash buyer. Once verified, you qualify for their exclusive rate shield approval. They'll lock your interest rate up for up to 90 days. If rates go up, your rate stays the same. If rates go down, you get to keep the lower rate. Either way, you win. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash Bill Simmons. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 30. 30. And since we're here, don't forget to check out theringer.com slash shop for all your favorite t-shirts. Lots of rumors we're making a parent corner t-shirt. It's going to happen. Nephew Kyle, someday you'll get a t-shirt. Yes. Just you sitting sadly on the bus. People actually think that's me on the bus. Yeah, we photoshopped. <laughs> Nephew Kyle tweeted about uh, taking some something that happened to him on the bus this week. I retweeted it. He somehow, what'd you go from like 2,300 to 4,000 followers? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And then I did another tweet of photoshopping Nephew Kyle the on the bus. you with, could find. Yeah, with Keanu Reeves, which somehow people thought was an actual bus picture of uh, Nephew Kyle. But follow Nephew Kyle at Tom Shady 300. Oh, man. It's really the underbelly of Los Angeles. Los Angeles is a glamorous place. Not in Nephew Kyle's no, world. Nowhere that I go. It's dark. It's just- This is the nicest place that I go. Just dives and dark bars. So he'll take you into that world. Uh, all right, here we go. Keegan-Michael Key right now. Keegan-Michael Key is here. Second time. Second you're time, back. Bill. Second time's the charm. You yes, get, sir. You're, you're in the top three most excited guests to see if the Gabe Kaplan fast break poster. <laughs> right, yeah. the, the top three? Top three. I'm easy. top three. Okay. You might even be top one. Really? I was going to say there must be something. The, the director must have been here. Yeah. We did it. You called that a scene. You called that uh, Mike Warren Mike is preacher. Mike Warren is so preacher. I know you're a real fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it in a while. It makes every time. I feel like if I did this, this podcast... 12 times, 10 times. Yeah. It, it would just be a lovely reminder every time I walk in, like, oh, remember that great Cape Gagle? Because that's, yeah. that's a movie I saw as a kid, like went yeah. to the theater eight years old and saw that movie as a kid with my folks. Yeah. Me as well. Yeah, I love it. I did, uh, I wrote about, I think Battle of the Network Stars because Gabe Kaplan was in that <laughs> That's too. right, we talked about that. Yeah, and I called him to about the piece yeah. and I, I I couldn't resist asking about fast break. And I was like, what was up with Bernard King? Cause he had had all these issues. Right, 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 right. He right. was in and out of, and he's like, look, we filmed for 60 days. Bernard gave us a great 58. And I was like, what happened to the other two? He's like, I'll just leave it at that. Right, right, like, oh right, right, right. Okay. All right. All right. What fair happened enough. With Bernard? Bernard King. And like early in Bernard's career. You know what I mean? Right? Early. Yeah. Like yeah early, he early in his career. Well, a little too much, maybe. It was a little too much for him that fast. He was so freaking talented. It was a rough era. The cocaine, cocaine, cocaine wiped out a lot of them. Yeah, wiped up a lot of those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. some of them. Well, and, and celebrities and comedians. Oh, like absolutely. It wiped out everybody. It was, I remember my... Uh, my producer emeritus at Second City, her name was Joyce Sloan, lovely woman. She was there for, at that point in time, like 50 
at one point she was like there for 49 of the 50 years. And she was there, you know, whenever, whenever we had an, uh, uh, an anniversary, you would always say about Joyce and, and Joyce of course has been here 51 of the 52 yeah. years. And she, I remember her saying when Belushi would come back in to visit, everybody was doing it. It was like taking vitamins. And he's like, this is amazing. This the cocaine, the cocaine thing's amazing. Yeah. That whole era. It's, it's hard to fathom. Right. Remember, remember that movie, Dr. Detroit, right. You were kids with Dan Aykroyd, just whole movies about cocaine. Well, it'd be it. like right now, if it came out that Red Bull was horribly addictive. Right. right exactly. And right. You could right. overdose and die right, on it. Exactly. Like, you could, you could die on Red Bull. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your limbs would start falling off or something like that. It was, it was exactly like that. Yeah. You're right. So I was watching thing. the Robin Williams documentary. Oh yeah. And, he had this whole cocaine seventies thing, which I knew a little of cause I knew he like, he saw Belushi in the last night, but right. I didn't realize like, you know, in the late seventies, he was in the late seventies, he was doing it. But I think everybody, I, yeah. I think that was just part of the deal. But, because it was definitely, I know from, from, especially with second city stuff from, from people from my past, people who were uh, earlier alums would tell us you would just do it creatively the way anybody would smoke marijuana, like smoke different types of marijuana yeah. to release things creatively or uh, unlock a door for yourself or, or the way the Beatles would do LSD. It was actually, it wasn't even recreational. It was a work, it was a work substance. Yeah. And I've heard, you know, I've heard interviews and stuff with Acre just talk about, we, we wanted to get the sketch done or I wanted to write more on the script, boop, do a little bump and you kept on going. Really I had somebody who played in the NBA, like basically during the kind of Jordan Kobe era yeah, yeah, was yeah, saying yeah. like, in the early eighties, he thought it was about 40%, like a 40%. legit, a legit 40% in the league. Cause they didn't know any better. Wow. And they're on the road all the time. Yep. And yep. they had people in the different hotel lobbies. Hey man. You know, guy, hey. Yeah. And it really, Len Bias was the game changer. Right. Exactly. It actually yeah. took somebody. To actually die. Yeah. 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 But that, I mean, that abruptly. It's like when anything abrupt happens, people go, whoa, wait a second. Yeah. Could you imagine if somebody, yeah, drank Red Bull and then just fell over? Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, hey, yeah, maybe like, we shouldn't do that. Yeah, Belushi, right. for some reason, was not a game changer. Richard Pryor setting himself on fire. But it was not, not a game changer. Game. Right. It's almost like, it's almost like it's with Belushi. It's like, oh, it happened with Belushi. But then with, with, with Pryor, like, well, well, he didn't even die. Right. He's, he's fine. He's, he's okay. Fine. He's okay. He made it. He's burned his hair. It's like he made it through the fire. <laughs> maybe that has something to do with the cocaine. <laughs> yeah. It was insane. It's yeah. a crazy story. Speaking yeah. of going back to the 80s, you, you, we did this Predator movie. Yes, yes. That was yes. an iconic mid-80s popcorn testosterone movie. It, it Kind of a movie that when you rewatch, it's like, how did this work? How did we see this in the theater? The special effects are horrific. Horrific, right, exactly. And that was the thing about the movie. I, I think there's a there's a charm to the movie that, that only works when you're 15. Well, no, I'm sorry. It only works if you're 15 in 1987. That's the oh, no issue, question. right? Let me, because, because it's like you, I remember when we were doing Key and Peele, it's interesting that you say that when we were doing Key and Peele, um, one of our EPs, like I'm nine years older than Jordan. And one of my EPs was 13 years older than me. Yeah. So we would talk about, we would discuss like, so no, Jordan was born when Star Wars came out. My dad, if my brother and I behaved, we were taken to see Star Wars on several occasions as rewards. Like yeah. you take kids to take ice cream. We're going to go. You guys were good at that meeting. We're going to Star Wars. And then, and then Jay was a teenager in high school. So he's going, oh, what is this schlock? You know, and like if you're going to watch movies like Coming Home and Serpico. Yeah. Like you're going, what is this thing? And to think it's changed all of society is insane. Yeah, and, and so it, it's the same thing with, with Predator. Predator's always giving that sense of, it was like the best movie I had ever seen. And now, being a filmmaker and a writer and a performer and a producer, I understand what appealed to me. 
I didn't know then. It was just magic. But now I understand what appealed to me. That one, Running Man, was Running another. Man. It was basically Hunger Games before Hunger before Games. Before Hunger right? Games. Total Recall. Total Recall. I was mad. I was actually mad when they remade that one. Yeah, I, I, I didn't understand. Total what, Recall was, is good now. Yeah, right. So, In 2018, I enjoy it. <laughs> I didn't need a new one. I didn't need a new Total Recall, right? It had the right up because because that movie also the plot stays intact, right? Yeah. There's a good mystery uh, element to it, and the other thing about that movie is the kitsch value helps. Like if you watch it now, you go, "Oh yeah, that was what people thought people were going to wear in the future." And yeah, it, the it, plasmas they were kind of right, right? Exactly. The TVs right. on the, the TVs wall. On the wall. So, oh my yeah. god! And you're kind of going, "Oh my gosh!" So you get you get an extra little element of it, which is yeah. terrific. Yeah, 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 yeah. The three boob lady, they were wrong. Three boob lady. Three, three boob lady. lady didn't happen. And Sharon Stone just came. Like remember she in the eighties, great in that movie. You could, she was fantastic in the movie. And one thing I remember is, oh, you can kick anybody in the groin as hard as you want in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> And it's not, it was a recurring theme. Remember that? Yeah. You don't see it anymore. Like you no. don't see anybody getting kicked in the groin anymore. Yeah. No, it's like how they don't have chair shots in wrestling anymore and they don't have groin kicks. No groin movies. kicks or chair, yeah, chair shots. Exactly. Yeah. 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 The the predator has not aged well. No. So I was actually, when I heard about this, normally I guard the eighties. I get protected. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was very upset when they, when I read about the karate kid, the Cobra Kai remake. And then, and that actually turned out really good. Right. But I like, cause they approached it. They brought it into the 2018 modern. That's what, that, that's what we did with the predator is the yeah. same thing. It's, it's, it's like, so, so you can't like, don't remake a movie and then ignore that everything in the world's changed. Yes. And so I think we did the same thing, especially in this movie. What's so interesting is if you think back to the original movie, right? It's not even like they were a crack team. They were superheroes with yes. guns. They were a lot not, of attitude. What's that? With a, a lot, lot, with a lot of, attitude. of attitude. With a lot of attitude. We're going to go in there and kill 75 guys. You know, I remember yeah. you know, Jesse talking about being a sexual tyrannosaurus. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're going, all that, all that machismo, all those muscles and all that beefcake was exactly who we were as a nation at the time too. And I think- they oh, That's interesting. Right, right. They, yeah. they needed to do that. They 100% needed to do that to show how badass the predator was. So what, but, but, but it-, it I'm saying they needed to do that, but they weren't even thinking about it that way. They were just going, that's what 80s movies look like. Remember Commando? There's Commando. Oh, yeah. Remember when he gets David Patrick Kelly, that little short snivelly guy who was like yeah. in Dreamscape with Dennis the Quaid. guy from Warriors the guy and 48 from Warriors, Hours. Guy from, exactly. Love that guy. They, yes. David Patrick Kelly went to my alma mater. University yeah. of Dickie, Dickie V. Oh, know, really? Dickie V coached. Okay. And he walks up to that little car. It's like Carmen Gear or something, right? He knocks him off the road. And Schwarzenegger walks up, grabs the handle, and rips the door off the car. Now we haven't seen that no. since Fast and Fast and Furious is the last time we see that. Like, no, they're just superheroes. What's interesting is if all of those guys had survived the Predator onslaught, if all of them had survived, we, the characters in the new movie, are the guys who are them now. All of our characters have PTSD. We're all in group therapy. We're all crushed men. We're broken. We're scared. We've been thrown away by our nation because yeah. you can't remember in 87, we were covering up what the embarrassment known as the Vietnam war. Now, after four more wars, I mean, geez, let's call it six more wars. Like yeah. just any conflict, right? The guys who come back, we can't ignore PTSD now. It's almost, the film is almost a treatise on PTSD and on how we treat our soldiers now. It's, it's, so, so it pulls it right up into, I mean, I'm being really serious, you know, about it, but it's a popcorn movie, but it pull, it's like, you have to deal with reality. You can't just make them big super. I read a little bit about it over the last week or so. And it's like Shane Black. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, always yeah. fun when he does right, anything. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then at the PTSD thing, it's like, wow, they really- and I kind of really try to reinvent this. A hundred percent. Like how are these broken guys 
who are in group therapy together and are criminals. Like, like we're shackled. We're, we live at the VA, like in the psych ward. Yeah. And we get out. How are they going to fare against a, a, a predator? And you go, okay, no, all right. I'll, I'll follow that story. I buy that story. Like if it's just muscle bound guys, I'm going to like, you're never, my nostalgia will always outplay whatever you're going to do. That's, that was, I think the total recall situation. I adore, I adore Brian. And I think Colin Farrell's great. Brian, uh, 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 um, uh, Brian uh, Cranston. Yeah. And, you know, like uh, great, put fantastic actors in it, but it'll never catch up to my nostalgia. And like you said, it was already, it was a good film. It's already a good well, film. The problem is you do that and everybody like us is like, I can't get the old total recall out of my mind. hundred percent. People who are 25 are like, I don't care about total recall. So win me over with this. Win me over with the actual movie. Like so the movie's got to be solved. Lose. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which is tough. I, it's been really sober and we did this rewatchables podcast here, The Ringer, which I yeah. host a lot of. Right, right, right. And we we just do deep dives on movies. And we've basically learned like you can really only do the last 20 years. Yeah. Like one of the lowest rated ones we had was Midnight Run, which I think is like the one of the all timers. My top three. Yeah. In my top three. And I it was like, obviously we have to do Midnight Run. And then it's 1989 and somebody who's 25, like it's just not on their radar. Right. They I don't mean, want to I, go to 1989. I don't want to see, I don't want to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, and I, I, I mean, I'd want to be, the thing is for me and you, I want to be in a remake of Midnight Run. Yeah. It's just me and you. Yeah. Like maybe my wife, maybe some friends from high school, but, but yeah, if you're 20. And also the thing is you can't do the gags, right? You can't do the gags anymore. So you can't do like showing that the money's fake. You can't tap phone, pay phones. We don't have pay phones. Pay phones. I mean, think about all the gags that we can't do anymore. That's that would a, be a reason to do midnight run is you. How do you update the gags? Cell phones and digital and yeah. all that. Yeah. Like they're trying to escape cross country cross with country, somebody. Right. Exactly. That, that would work. That I think would be pretty cool if we could figure out how to make that clever. What I think, what I think Shane and Fred did. Uh, and there's also at our talk back at our premiere in, in Toronto, Fred said, Fred said, here's the deal. He said, we wanted to do a dirty dozen thing or a dirty, like a broken, dirty half dozen situation. Yeah. We knew hundred percent. No one even talked about it. Like Fox, everybody just went, gotta be a kid. It's gotta be a kid in it. We have a kid in it, but there's never been a kid. Right. And then the third thing was something about wanting to hearken back to the nostalgia of, of eighties films, the way, um, what was this? What was the J.J. Abrams film with the kids? Super eight. Oh, they super eight. Yes. Right. Yeah. Th like something in that. Well, in there's that, been in more that than note. that. I mean, Stranger Things. Oh, Stranger Things is completely capitalized on it. Yeah. Completely capitalized on it. People yeah. love going backwards, and now you have this whole Netflix era where oh, they're paying people to do twenty million dollar movies again. <laughs> right. Right. It's, exactly. Everything's possible. Everything. Yeah. Everything's going back. You're right. Everything's going back. Like you had Keanu a couple of years ago that I thought was good, and those those. Shorter ones, unless there's a superhero attached or some sort of giant gimmick, it comes and goes and then people discover it on cable. But now maybe three years later, you do that for Netflix for like $75 for, million. Dollars. Exactly right. And you I get mean, paid like, and it premieres. And yeah, yeah, I think we made as much on Keanu as people are, be, are, getting, are making now, <laughs> making a Netflix movie. It's insane. And I'm, I, uh, I just finished making a Netflix movie. I just did a movie called uh, Dolomite based on the life of Rudy Ray Moore. And oh, the comic. Yeah, yeah, the comic. The Isn't comic. Eddie Murphy in that? Eddie Murphy plays Rudy Ray Moore. So you did a movie with Eddie Murphy. With, with my hero. You're I did in scenes with Eddie Murphy? Tons of, like all of the scenes. Hanging I'm in with out with Eddie Murphy? Like hanging out with scenes? Eddie Murphy. The first day, Bill, I was so exhausted because I was, I had to spend every ounce of energy to not freak out in front right. of him. Like to try, like, try, play it cool, like play it cool. And then Craig Robinson, thank God, who's in the movie. Like Craig's just so, you know, so effusive and so gregarious. He doesn't care. 
<laughs> he's just like, but what, what about the 40th anniversary? How come when, um, yeah. How come, uh, would they ask you to do a sketch? Like he just oh, gets right into it. And, 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 and Eddie was more than happy to answer the questions. But the thing, Eddie Murphy's a perfect example, right? I just said, Midnight Run is one of my top three, top five. Marty Brest directed that. Marty Brest directed 48 Hours. Marty Brest no, directed- Walter Hill was 48 uh, Walter Hills. Hill, Walter Marty Hill. Did, uh, and Marty Brest did- Marty Brest did- Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, yeah, Beverly, Beverly Hills Cop. So, there, so Jordan and I made a movie with our director, Peter. We made a movie- where we wanted to hearken back to those Marty Breast movies where the bullets are real and the comedy's real. Like you, 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 like with you really get shot, you really bleed, yeah. and also the comedy's real. So, so and, and I think, again, like you said, oh, that's what we want to do. What are the 25-year-olds going to think of it? It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting what the 25-year-olds think of The Predator. Yeah. Well, the other thing with Keanu is you hit the jackpot with Tiffany Haddish. Oh, my God. Yeah, didn't we? Do we have now no- she has 19 movies coming out. <laughs> I know we got her. Weeks. We got her. We got her before. We got her while she was still baking in the oven. She jumped out of the movie though. Who's like, who's that? Yep. She's great. Yep. And that was it. It's one of those things like you hear stories about casting. Yeah. And all those stories you hear are true. Like Jordan goes, but we got to take a look at this girl. We've got to call back with this girl. And I go, Haddish. Interesting. I remember saying interesting name. And then I'm standing off camera while they're doing their chemistry read. And I'm like, yep. Done. Yep. Because she's so real. She's so real in it. Jason Mitchell's super real in it. And it's funny, everything she's done since that launched her. And now she's always like huge and crazy because that's who she is in real life. But she played it real cool in the movie and she real was intense. She's kind of a little dangerous. Yeah, in super it. Yeah, dangerous. I yeah. I actually like how she played that. Let's go back to Eddie Murphy, my favorite celebrity of all time, yeah. probably. Um, so you're with him every day. Is the move to like pretend you're not a giant fan, but then. Like at day three, you fuck up. That's exactly it. Somebody you, mentions delirious. You're like, no, no, that's not how that bit went. Right, right. Because clearly you're a psycho. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and it was, you, we, the thing is because Craig was there, you could just ask questions. Like yeah. you could just go, so then Eddie, what about this? And then one day he said to me, he, he kind of was just bored and they were resetting a shot. They're just resetting a shot. And we're just kind of standing there. And Eddie just goes, and he goes, I can't remember why we started talking about Marlon Brando. But yeah. we started talking about Marlon Brando. It was our first scene, to, like real scene together. He's talking about Marlon Brando. And then he goes, yeah, yeah, you know, I, you know, I, had, um, you know I, had, I had dinner a few times with Marlon Brando. What? So first of all, my hero yeah. had dinner with my hero. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, right. like, like with the legend that is my hero, right? And I'm like, and, and, then, and then it's this, Bill. You're, so you're going like, you're like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. Just, tell me about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. play it cool. It's cool. Tell me about that one. Marlon who? Marlon 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 Wayans? Marlon Scando. I don't even know. Um, So he goes, so he goes, he goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, he goes 82 or whenever. It's 82. When when did, uh, when did 48 hours come out? 83? 82. 82, 82, right? So he's, so he's in the middle of SNL and got to make this movie on the off season, right? And 48 Hours and comes for, out, Nick comes Nolte out. gets drunk, can't host, and he hosts as, he hosts he hosts, as, the, as a cast as member. As a cast member. Yeah. Host as a cast, yeah. like insane, right? Insane. So you go, this is the most talented guy that's ever lived. And he was like 21. He was 19. Well, he's, when 48 Hours when 40 came out, he was 21. Yeah. yeah, he was 19 first year. Well, so when, he came, when yeah. it came out, right, exactly. So he goes, he goes, I come, he goes, I'm 20, 21, I go to LA. Uh, Everybody. Now remember, it's 80, it's the early 80s. So everybody wants to meet him. You yeah. know, like 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 Charlton Heston wants to meet him. Lucille Ball wants to meet him. And he said, I uh so Mar- I hear from my manager. My manager goes, So Marlon Brando wants to have dinner with you. And Eddie goes, Okay, all right. And he said, and he said, they're gonna send a car for you tomorrow at seven o'clock. Um, and uh, and then you're gonna go to Marlon Brando's house. Like the, the manager's voice is shaking. Yeah. And Eddie goes, So you know how it is. Like, I'm at the Laramitage. 
uh, on Burton Way, and I'm in the I'm in the hotel room, and it's seven o'clock, and I figure the driver's downstairs, and I got some, so I'm kind of putzing around the room. He's, I'm just kind of just hanging out, and I go downstairs like eight o'clock, so an hour later, and I just walk out of the lobby on in the street, and I walk up to this car that's at the curb, and you look in the car, Marlon Brando's driving the car. He kept Marlon Brando waiting for an hour. Oh my God! He, well, who thought it was going to be Marlon Brando? Right, you saw a car service to come get him and take him up into the hills. And it was Brando sitting in the car. And he's like, there he is. And he's like, come on in, come on in. And they get in the car <laughs> and they drive. And he goes, and I had dinner with Marlon Brando. And he just would tell stories like this. All, lots of print stories. Yeah. And then we told, he told a story one day where he goes, we were, there's a, he loved being around the ensemble. Like when there was a ton of extras and the whole group. So me, Mike Epps, yeah. uh, Craig Robinson, Wesley Snipes. Is in the movie. Right, um, hold that thought because we're coming back. We're coming to back to that. Yeah, and he goes, and he goes, and he goes. So he's telling. We were telling a story about Ella Fitzgerald. Oh, Titus Burgess from like Kimmy Schmidt's in it. Yeah, and we were listening to some music from Ella, and then Eddie goes, he goes, yeah, yeah. I remember one time uh, at the Grammys. I think it was the Grammys, maybe. And he goes, and uh, Mike and I walked down. We went to say hi to Ella Fitzgerald, and Ella Fitzgerald. She turned and she looked at us. And she said, she said, well, look at these two young, handsome men. He was like, and I was, he said, Mike and I both were like, woof, like this. And he goes, and she goes, Ella had some bad breath. It was crazy, like Ella Fitzgerald. And we were like, oh my God, we just heard of Ella Fitzgerald. So a young lady by Jesus. the name of Divine, uh, um, uh, Divine Joy Randolph, she's, um, she's, uh, uh, she was on uh, Broadway as uh, Odetta um, from um, A Ghost, okay. from the movie Ghost Music. So she's playing Lady uh, um, uh, Queen Bee in the movie. This is the, the, like the one female, kind of titular female character. And she, she's a younger woman and she turns to me and she goes, who's Mike? And I go, honey, it's, it's Eddie Murphy. He, he's talking about Michael Jackson. He was just hanging around with Michael Jackson because that's, that's Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Like, yeah, but that's, do you understand? Do you understand who that is? That's Eddie Murphy. So when he just says Mike, he just goes, well, I was over at Mike's house just hanging out with Mike. So me and Mike, and you have to remember anybody, any name he talks about, that's who he's hanging out right. with. And everything that Charlie ever said on Chappelle, true. It's all true. And you talk about being, you know, going backstage, saw Prince like 50 times. Prince used to open for Rick James back in the controversy, Dirty Minds in that era. Oh, Rick yeah. was, it's insane. It, it's just all the stories. Who's who of who's who? Well, what's fascinating about him is it still seems like he likes making people laugh. He, does. he just doesn't want to do it professionally. Because I've heard stories like that where he likes entertaining the large groups, groups a large the, group of the movie people. crew and like the fucking key grip. Yeah. But he would never go on the SNL 40 year anniversary right. and like tell jokes. And, and tell jokes or do a bit like he just came out. What well, Chris Rock introduced him, right? He comes out, just says, thank you. Right. And then he's done. And, and Craig said, well, why did you come out? And Eddie said, he said, you know what I realized? I realized after, listen, what am I going to do? I'm going to hold a grudge. It's 1994. He goes, because David Spade told a joke about me. I'm going to hold a grudge because I had to let it go. I had to let it go. So big of him. You know what I mean? Like, because like you're a lot, like, it's not healthy necessarily, but if you're Eddie Murphy, in, in the rules of this town, you're kind of allowed to do whatever you want for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I feel like he's kind of, there's been a maturation there, right? And it was fascinating for him to say, he just came out and said it and just shared the information. I think us. it's rough, the amount of fame and celebrity and money he made in his, at the age he was at is, it's there's no way to deal with it's that. It's not fair. He was 21 and he was the biggest star in the world. In the world. Like literally in the world. The, in the world. And remember, and somebody's Chris Rock said to me one day, he goes, you got to remember, he's the biggest star in the world. And he was top five for like 14 years. That's insane, Bill. You can't even do that anymore. Like yeah. You can't even, like Jennifer Lawrence will not be, she can't be the top, in the top five, 14 straight years. And she's like 
to me, one of the, the best, like one of the, like the upper echelon. Right. It just, it, it, we can't do it anymore. There's too many outlets. I was for talking us about that when Burt Reynolds died just oh, now. Yeah. We Bert. did a podcast about him on Friday. He was, when I was a child, he was the biggest actor we had yeah. for like five years. For five years. Anything he put out, it was like, here's me, I'm driving a car with a hat on. Right. Oh, $300 million. <laughs> 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 how is this? How are you making money doing this? It's just really good waking up driving just a car with a hat on. Yeah. I'm Hooper. I'm Smokey. Yeah. I, it didn't matter. And he, the, I mean, the closest we have today is Dwayne, right? Yes. Dwayne's the closest we have. Like, you know, in Korea and, and, and India and Spain and China, He's going to pull in 300 mil there no matter what. Will Smith, Will Smith was like that for and, a while. And Will was that. You're right. I think Will. I don't know if he's there anymore, but it, he had that for 15, 16 years. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, like he, he was a go picture like that. Hey, let's take a quick break to talk about my bookie. As you know, if you listen to the first 45 minutes of this podcast, I am prone to give advice, especially on picking games. The truth is I'm not positive he's going to win. I think I have a chance, but. You know, if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. They're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online, mobile site, easy to use, in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Lay down some cash. Win big. You win. They pay their slammed with new betters. They want to give everyone the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after seven p.m. Eastern time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now. My bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code Bill Simmons when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Don't forget to use the promo code Bill Simmons when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Back to Keegan, Michael Key. Eddie, to me, is one of those first people, certainly from our generation, who you're going to go, could go 14 straight years. It, that's insane. It's not. The other thing is, we really needed him when he became famous. The, especially like with the situation with blacks on television and how few shows there were. Oh, yeah, and it was yeah, basically yeah. like Isaac the bartender. And yep, yep, yep. It was George all Ted Jefferson Lynch and, and George Jefferson. And right. short, like Gary Coleman types and... And then all of a sudden, Eddie comes out of nowhere, and it's like, oh my god! And yeah, yeah, that's a that was one. it. He was carrying this whole burden for everybody. Like comedy, Pryor's kind of fading out mm-hmm, at that point, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was just kind of him for a while. Then, then the next wave followed him, and undeniable. It took four years, yeah, he's like undeniable. Like you couldn't deny the talent. No, you'd be an idiot not to sign him for that next movie. He was the most likable young celebrity yeah. I think ever. Uh, yeah, because he would come on like Letterman. And, and, and it was like an event. Yeah, yeah it was like those. an event. Like, like, oh, no, oh Eddie's God. on tonight. Eddie's on. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I remember seeing him in 82, and then he came back on in 83. And I remember uh, a, uh, Carson asked him to do a Cosby impersonation. And he went, <laughs> nah. And he just didn't do it. He was to that, Carson. Wow. To, to Carson. Like, he was that powerful. He was like, nah. And the, he's so charming. The audience just goes, yep, do, what you, do what you want, Eddie. They ate it up. They were like, oh. Like, you could see the titillation from the audience. Like, oh, he just said no to Carson. Did, he could do whatever he wanted. Did what? you ever get comfortable enough with him to bust his balls? Not really. Like no, day not. 20? No, no, that's not. Like, like I, tiny insult? I, I, I th- oh, I might have I might have one day, dis- oh, what did I? I think I disagreed with him on something one day. And so did the first, like it was me in the first AD and Eddie's like, no, 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 what happened? Like you and I, it might've been as quick as what you and I just did. I said, he was 19. You said, no, no, he's 21 when it came out. Yeah. It might've been that quick. 
like something that quick. But or, you went head to head for just a like, split second. For like a split second. And then, and then it almost like, where, where do I think I am? This is, I'm not in my no, place. You're right, Eddie. I'm not, what do I say? <laughs> <laughs> and Eddie's team, like I have this great Afro wig and his woman who does all his hair and has been doing his hair maybe before, like right before Norbit. She did yeah. all, you know, um, she did my wig. And she's amazing. Like his entourage, his team, amazing, amazing, amazing. And working with, he was, he, he was as, my heart was pounding the first day. It was like a scene with just me and him. And my heart was pounding and he was such a lovely giving scene partner. It's mm. a fantastic. And, and, and I, I, he was everything. I'm the same way. I'm a loving, giving You are. Scene, you're a very lovely, yeah. loving and giving scene partner. You haven't partner. acted with me yet, but I'm the same <laughs> way. I like to sell my, my coworkers. It is funny though, when you're around somebody like that, because when I was on the basketball show with Magic Johnson on yeah. ESPN, yeah. and you're just around this person all day who is like one of the most famous people of your life. Of your lifetime, right, yeah. And you're just sitting around and we have, we're in this room with him and Jalen and there's six TV show and basketball and you're just kind of hanging out. And, you, you know, there's Magic Johnson and eventually you just want to go like, Magic, what was Rick James like? You just, yeah, right, you right, just right, want to yeah. like, it's like doing ask. a podcast. You just want to ask. And then he'll tell and he'll have stories about anybody. Yeah, it was, yeah. You know, who is the best looking actress you ever saw it in was, Hollywood in the 80s? It's exactly. Like, like, who knocked you out? Yeah. Right? Who, and we'd say to Eddie, like, Eddie would just offer information about Piscopo. Like, right. Piscopo and I did this, and that was Joe's idea. And when we did this, or when I played Stevie, or, no, I only did that one, the one time. Like, how about um, Malik Shabazz? He's like, no, just once, just once. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Mr. Murphy. You know, <laughs> but, and he would just, he would just, he just, like, if you asked, he was more than willing to talk about the glory days. Did you feel like he had watched Key and Peele or he had no idea it happened? I only, I, 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 I felt like he had no idea that it had happened. His manager said, yeah, I love that kid. So I don't know how he would have known me. Hmm. So I am, a, but I never, I wouldn't have the balls to say, did, did you enjoy my show or? See, my guess is somebody who's that famous you can't really go anywhere. You're actually probably watching a ton of TV. I, I would guess he saw it. I, I think I think he has to have, right? What's because he doing all day? Dude, it's not he's, like he's you know, at a mall. Well, like, just had his 10th kid. So he's, he's, well, help, like he's helping out his kids. kids. Like he's I guess he does have kids. 10 kids. Ten, he's, there's 10 kids. And then he goes, <laughs> 10 kids. And then he also, like he'll tell you about the part. Like he loves the fights, right? He's a boxing aficionado. Sure, right. And he to told a story about Sly and George. George Clinton and Sly, St Sly and the family, like Sly, I don't even know Sly's last name, but Sly and the family Sly stone. Sly and the family stone, yeah. At his house. He doesn't even remember inviting them. They just ended up at his house at a party because that's all he can do is have parties. Yeah. That's all he can do. People have to come to him They're to like, hang out. Where the hell can he go? And the reverence though, Bill, on the set when there's the, the couple of days where there's, there's more than a hundred background, the reverence, even from young people, because yeah. if you're black, and your parents are my age or older than me, then you, we, we certainly know who Eddie Murphy is. And, and they know, the young kids know. If you're young and African-American, you still, he still looms large. Yeah, I don't think, I, I wrote about this for Granlin like five years ago when he was doing that comeback movie. I don't think he ever got credit for being a trailblazer. Yeah. Cause like he basically, he goes on SNL, which is an all white show except for Garrett Morris, who was right. always relegated to the side. To the side, always. Yeah. And in the fifth season, they made Garrett like he was the monkey in a Wizard of Oz sketch. And it was like some bad shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they have basically no black people the sixth season, but he's kind of on as this ninth. And then he kind of takes over the just show. Takes, just grabs it by the scruff of the but neck. But he never gets mentioned with like- the great paved the way. He should, he's a paved the way guy. If, if there's a, if there's, yeah. If there's a Mount Rushmore, oh, he's, he's like the that. second head. Absolutely. It's like Belushi him. As yeah. far as I'm concerned. I think he's the best. I think he's the only one who's ever been on that show who is actually overqualified to be on it. Yep. 
Yep, I agree. Will I agree Ferrell, 100%. I think, is the best cast member ever other than him. But I think Eddie is like, how is it's kind of amazing he was even on the show. Yeah. He could sing, he could do impressions, he could like he, the total package. He could look, he could look like a fool, he could look intimidating, he he could do absolutely. I mean, he's the reason me, Jordan, any of our writers. I mean, yeah, I I I adore Pryor. Yeah. But that guy was my functional, practical right. idol. And, and he was the one that made me go, well, wait a minute, if that guy can do it, especially when you hear about him being 18, 19, 20 years right. old, I could actually fathom that at 12, 13, 14, I could fathom that. And who knows, and I'm speculating now, who knows if Lauren had stayed at that time and Dick Ebersole had not come on, what 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 would the difference have been? You, you know what I mean? And, and then I, I never know if that has anything to do with it that Lauren wasn't there and then he came back and there was this era with this person who was- I think Lauren resented that the show actually succeeded when he without was him, Without him there, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it goes under if Eddie's not on the cast. The, show, the show's gone. 100, no, he's- like And he saves it for three straight years. Single-handedly yeah. saves yeah. the show. He did what, like you think about Jordan going to the, I'm gonna go to the Wizards. Right. Like, but he, but, but he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. This person literally did it. You could have watched him. Remember, with, with commercials, you're looking at 74 minutes of programming a, a Saturday. And two musical acts. So and it's two like musical acts. So, uh, so in 74 minutes, I would have watched nothing but him for those three years. Yeah. And I was in love with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And I even thought Gary Kroger was funny. <laughs> I loved, I loved Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Awesome. I remember when awesome. I had always loved Seinfeld because he used to go and kill on Letterman. Yeah. And I even made my parents take me to see Seinfeld like twice in the really? 80s. And when he got that, that, that show, show series, yeah. and it was like, the dude from Fridays is on it, Michael Richards. It was right, and right, then, from Fridays. And then the girl from SNL, I was like, oh my God, I love those people. Right, I didn't right. know what had happened to them. <laughs> right. yeah, they, she was gone for until like they just four disappeared. Years. And you're like, it, it, when you look at her now, you look at Julia now, you just go, how wasn't she always working? The other thing about Julia is- I She was understand. like 22 on that show or yep. something, right? And she and Brad Hall, they used to work in the theater. It was called the Practical Theater Company yeah. uh, in Chicago, which was behind- the second city. Mm -hmm. And then the second city bought that space and turned it into the secondary space, which was called the second city ETC. And that's where I came up. So I left the second city in Detroit, went to Chicago and I did two and a half years. Uh, my first show was with Jack McBrayer. Wow. And I got there right. So just five years before Horatio Sands and Rachel Dratch, those guys like, like to go to the main stage and then go off into the world. Cause Rachel was working with Tina Fey, Adam McKay, Scott Adsit, all those guys. And as I came up and I moved from Detroit over to Chicago, um, I remember I had heard that the part of the history was that this is where Julia Dreyfus and Brad Hall were, you know, and they're lovely people. We know them. We're, we're friendly with them and they're lovely people. Me and my wife. And, uh, and I, the one thing about Julia that I just find so, somehow so she's one of these people, somehow she's getting more attractive as she's right. getting older. It's, it's, it's insane. It's, I don't know if it's styles or what it is, but she's, she's, she's a lovely heart. She's a firebrand. She's, 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 she's genuinely hysterical and she's gorgeous. She's just, she's the full package. It's her and her and Ted Danson have kind of defied. Yeah. Like Ted Danson, um, cheers <laughs> is 82. He's now he's on like his next, like, next show that people it, love. People love the good place now. Yeah. Yeah. He's and amazing. it's like 2018. His 37 years. Is it me? Whereas his voice never changed. Like the, nah. the timber doesn't change. It's I like don't the, feel like he's changed. The, other than the white hair. Yeah. Right? He's, just he like, he's just old, like, he's just charming and kind of like, what say guys, yeah. you know? And it's, um, it's so funny. It's interesting because people, people in the cast of our movie, like those kids, those young kids, they know who Eddie is. And then you'll find like 
you'll take 10 young kids, right? And five of them will know, five of them will know who Wesley is and five won't know who Wesley is. And Wesley was- Let's go another, back to Wesley. Wesley's another one of those. So I had John David Washington on my pod like Just three weeks that, ago. Yeah. And I awesome. Was, I was saying to him like, I, I was, without saying it, I was saying like, he could have that five-year Wesley Snipes run because he- He's Un- athletic, good-looking guy. Good-looking guy, charming. He can, do, he can do comedy, but he can also do like action thriller. Run and jump. Like he could do Passenger 57 right uh, now. Absolutely, yeah. Now you could remake that one. 100%. You could remake that Passenger one with a little 58. twist. Yeah, just do <laughs> Just add a, add a seat to it. Always bet on black. Yeah, but- Again. <laughs> right, yeah. Wesley's six-year run was kind of unassailable. It, it, well, yeah, you can't Starting get- Starting with New Jack and then going all the way through. Like it's like six in a row. And, and don't forget- a couple of art pieces in the middle. Water dance. Yeah. To Wong Fu. Oh yeah. Had the balls to do to Wong Fu. Pardon the pun. Um, you know what I mean? Right. But it's like that. So in that, I think I'm going to say you're right, but I'm not arguing that that's unassailable. That's unassailable. That's a great run. six year run. That's a great six year run. Especially. And I met the first time the day I met him, got to tell, he said, hello brother. I love you and that other cat. You and that other cat do some really good work. I'm really I, I, like, just was very infusive. Well, everyone says he's um, quirky. I'm going to be nice. Uh, yes. There's some quirkiness about uh, Wesley. I personally found it delightful because he- I would find it delightful you as would, well. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, I'm like, you know, I'm like a theater kid. Yeah. And so's he. He's a theater kid. Really? He the SUNY, like SUNY purchase, I think. And uh, he's like a real theater guy. And I got to, it was a beautiful day where it was a scene between me. It was a great scene between uh, Wesley and me and Eddie. And Eddie and I are both, like I, my character's written the script for the first Dolomite movie. Not a good writer. Yeah. Like, summarily, not a good writer. And and Eddie, uh, and so Rudy and Jerry, these two characters are arguing with Derville, who he, who he plays as the director about, no, no, but but the reason that the, the, the warden is letting him go is because the governor is friends with the woman who owns the whorehouse. He goes, well, how the fuck does that make any fucking sense? You know? <laughs> right. and, and, and then he walks out and then Eddie does this great thing where he turns him around and he's like, you know, reading the riot act about how, hey man, we're all trying to make this movie and we're all working hard here. And to watch like Wesley go, okay, baby. <laughs> you're like, you're just going, okay, now that's, that's an actor choice. Like there's movie choices. And I've seen, I've seen Wesley make movie choices and I've seen Wesley do every, he knows how to up, go up and down the scale on the dial. He can go, he can go. He did it numerous times in one film in white men can't jump beautiful moments with his wife. And then these great over-the-top moments with like Kadeem Hardison and and all the guys. I still can't with. forgive his dribbling in that movie. The dribbling's bad. The dri- <laughs> and it, lots lots of carrying. Really good athlete who seemed like he hadn't played a lot of hoops. But, right. yeah, but he was like faking it, but in ways that if, you know. Like, no, I know. I know what you're saying. He's, yeah. one of my, uh, he's one of my dream podcasts. I just feel like he'd be off the rails. I think he'd, I think. <laughs> I think he would tell. <laughs> you'd, you'd I be, just want to go through his IMDb and I feel like he would tell stories of each one. movie and be like, all right, Pastor 57, That's walk one. me through it. Right, 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 and right, right. And just fly through it. You know, since the last time you were here, you came on with Jordan and we were talking about what's next. And he's like, yeah, I'm doing this horror movie. Yep, yep. Uh, it's been a dream project of mine. And I remember I was sitting right here and he was there. And I remember thinking like, fucking horror movie. What the fuck's this guy talking about? Right, 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 right. And then it becomes a phenomenon. Uh, yeah. He, I, I, I know him pretty well. Obviously. And, and I knew, I knew him well enough to know that at that time in his life, he he had been, he had started writing that movie right after he left um, Mad TV. So there was that whole controversy with Lorne, and he was yeah. going to play Obama, and I was there. 
and and he, he even to this day he'll look back and go, I'm kind of glad that I didn't have that last year in Mad TV. That didn't take up my time. I could focus it on these couple of scripts I was writing. Yeah, both of them, by the way, were were horror scripts. And um, and then when Kean Peel started, I remember he first came to me one day and said, Let's read Keanu, and we did the Keanu thing. And uh, which he co-wrote with one of our writers on staff. And then he had been working on this. It had been germinating the whole time. It's, I feel like Jordan, some, Jordan has a lot of um, respect and a lot of admiration for the people at Pixar. You know, like people go, Pixar movies, they're so good. Yeah, well, they better be. It, took, it takes six years to make them. It takes six years to make every Pixar movie. They yeah. better be good. He rewrote that script and rewrote that script. Have you heard his Oscar speech? He even talks about, it. I mean, I quit 20 times. I said, screw it 20 times. Yeah. And and it's just that he he just kept wrestling with it and pulling it apart and rewriting and starting over and then taking that old, the draft from three years ago and putting that scene in here. I mean, he just wouldn't. He's so, he, talk about unassailable. His energy and commitment and work ethic is unassailable. He's yeah. unbelievable. He's amazing. So he was, a, he was in this position where he said, I'm not going to quit. I have something here. And he did. It was just amazing, Bill. It was the best movie of last year, and it makes me mad. And then, but we knew it though. We knew, yeah. we knew that we knew it wasn't going to win Best Picture. Yeah. But ten years from now, it'll be the movie people remember. I think first. that's the one. That's and the that's one. almost like this unofficial title of better. It's better, it's right? Kind of. Well, it's be better to win the. It'd be better to have. <laughs> I mean, he has one Oscar. Has I, mean, one, I, guess, I guess he has one Oscar. Yeah. It's just <laughs> annoying. Hey, people weren't. I. I don't know. Right I, now, he's on. Where? So where is he? He's he's ea right now. He's E-A, so he's not an E-Got. He's oh, what is he? He's, so he's, 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 got, he's got Emmy and Oscar, so he'd have to go do Broadway to get a Tony. That's easy. And uh, uh, Either of you guys could bang out the Tony. Yeah, yeah. And the Tony, yeah. Could I find mean, the right musical or play or bingo, something. Bingo, yeah. I mean, we could, if, if we wrote the it Grammys together and did it together. What's yeah, that? Yeah, the Grammy would be hard. The Grammy's the tough one. Because the Grammys are, the, there's no rhyme or reason to any of them. There's, no. I don't you even get, know how you win one. You get into the world and there's still no rhyme and reason. Right. You know, you, like, if it would take us three or four years to get into the world, unless we did like a spoken word Key and Peele album that was somehow subversive enough to get all the hubbub, still doesn't guarantee a win. Doesn't guarantee a win. I thought my Lions were going to win last night. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, oh I could have told you. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. That coach you got. Oh, boy. We're taping this on the uh, on the 11th, actually. You know, you're talking about people young who don't have a sense. Of, I was thinking today, it's been 17 years since 9-11, and I have people who work here at the Ringer who probably don't remember it. Wow. Like, if you're 21, 22, 23, you you're employed, and you really don't remember 9-11. No, you don't. Which made me think, like, holy shit, we're that, just getting old. That means. If you were 21 years old, you don't remember it. In, in, in seven, if you were 21 years old in 1796, you don't remember Paul Revere? Your, par your parents would be like, who's the guy? You know the guy? You know the guy, the guy's like, one, two, if I see? I'm like, I don't know, dad. I'm just out here farming the crops. I don't know. I don't know. That's amazing. Yeah. I think. The nostalgia point is somewhere 15 to 20 for either good memories or bad. Right, right, right. It's 15 to 20. Yeah. And, so and, like we did, we did a rewatchables podcast on rounders, which is 20 years. That's about as far, but that's on TV a lot. Right. It has a little right. extra shelf life. No, rounders is good. Rounders um, is good. But yours, when did Kim Peele, when did you launch? So, so 2012. So, so we're so at, you're a while away. We're ways. Yeah. I think Chappelle show was like, Oh, four. And that 03. is now the nostalgia. And that's the yeah. nostalgia now. And, so in 2020, well, I said 2012, right? So in 2032, but the problem, I have people walk up to me on the street and I know Jordan does too. Um, my nine-year-old, blah, 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 and blah, 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 A.A. Ron. Oh, from Hulu. Not Hulu. 
So n- we're in a different world, right? So nine year old, you and I would have to it's my order. Son. We, right. My We'd, son's 10. My son, I guarantee he's watching. No, so we are. Right. Hulu or YouTube. You and I had to order KTEL records. Remember? Or it just was gone. If you missed just, Eddie on SNL, it was just he's gone. You didn't get to see it. You just yeah. never saw it. And so your son, my hope, certainly I hope, that your son grows up and lives in a world where he goes, oh yeah, you should watch the, do you know those guys? Oh, I remember those guys. When I was a little kid, I used to watch them on YouTube or whatever. You know. The problem, or maybe it's not a problem, is they're just cherry picking the very best things you did. Correct. Yeah, they, 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 they won't deep dive. There's no ebb and flow like that eddie had so many bad snl sketches yeah, for example sure. 35 years ago but we just remember celebrity, we just hot remember celebrity yeah, and, and a hot you know hot tub you know, so yours are like the youtube views determine or whatever determine like the top six probably and he's probably seen those. exactly he's probably yeah there's like six to ten i'd say and, and i guarantee you on a list of 298 scenes that's how many scenes we made 298 270 of them or 275 of them made it on on screen, on television. Yeah. And it's always delightful to meet somebody on the street who goes, you know, who goes, you know, I like, I like, uh, I like double gangsters or I like, um, a Br- British, uh, British, British gangster. And I'm like, Oh wait, Oh wait a minute. Okay. Hold on. Somebody who actually watched the show. Because when you hear people say there he is a hey, Ron, like, no, no offense, but they just watched substitute teacher two times during Thanksgiving. Like I get it. Thanks. I'm like, we appreciate the hits are helpful. Like, you know, it's helpful for our careers. I hope in the long run, it's just like, if I'm doing substitute teacher, could you please also go see the predator? <laughs> right. Like they don't even have any idea. Bill, there are people who still don't understand that Jordan and I had a television show like grown people, not, not your son, but like grown people who would have been in their twenties or thirties in 2012. Still don't know. We had a girl walked up to me on the street in 2014. 2014, 2013, 2014, in Portland, Oregon. A girl walked up to me on the street. She goes, I've been with you. I've been with you guys since the beginning. I've been with you guys since the, when since you started making your videos. <laughs> and I was like- Your videos? I said, it's interesting. I said, you actually, we created a narrative we didn't even mean to create. People thought that we started the show, that, that they thought Comedy Central discovered us from making videos. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? They had no idea we had a television show because appointment television watching started. When do you think appointment television stopped happening? Oh, I think in the last five years. Five years, right? So we'll say well, now it's just done. You're, no, there's no appointment television unless it's sports or it's sports or you or or you watch CBS, like because the demographic is older, right? They want their appointment. They brought, they brought Murphy Brown back. I, I saw the Murphy Brown commercial <laughs> in football this week. I didn't know if it was a joke or not. They brought that back and Magna PI. Yeah, yeah, and Magna and PI. they have Hawaii Five O already. I know it's it's amazing. You guys just have no ideas left. What are you guys doing? So you're right. I think it, since 2010. 2010, 2012, 2013. Well, streaming's great for the show. Absolutely. No, it helps us it's immensely. Because really you're just point, you're actually adding fans. As we go, right. We're getting, we're not exponentially, but they're no, growing. They're it's growing. It's just the new generation right. of the kids who are like a, probably 10 to 15 who didn't see it when it was on and now are like, what's this? And my hope is that they'll feel cool when they're in college and people have forgotten about Keen Peel and they'll go, but you know what the good shit is? Yeah, yeah. You ever seen Keen Peel? Not as good as Keen Peel. Not good as good. Yeah, yeah. They'll say, oh, I, I saw that new sketch show. It's not as good as Keen Peel. Like, I, I, we never thought this would. Ha- I never thought this would happen. Maybe Jordan did, but in a way, we are. You and I had to go get the the Flying Circus videotapes. 
Yeah. Right. We had to invest in in, in time to, to to be Monty Python fans or stay up late and watch watch PBS to watch the Flying Circus or one of the movies. Right. And and, and it's what we're doing is what everybody's doing now is so much more accessible. Why did I do that, Bill? Why did I look over there like I had an audience? <laughs> well, you do. You I just I like this. Like this. I had an audience. <laughs> but it was so. Yeah. I, it was. Um. It was so satisfying to see well, him win that Oscar. What happens if like Netflix or Hulu comes to you guys and says, do 10 episodes for us and here's a staggering amount of money? I, I think- Because that's day's probably coming. I think so. I, I have to talk to Jordan about it. Listen, Jordan, somebody just asked me the other day, they said, they said is, Jordan, is Jordan insanely jealous you're in this movie? I said- not at all. Yeah. He's just happy being the black Stanley got, Kubrick. No, but you guys, yeah, you guys are, <laughs> I think you guys, it's obvious just watch it from afar. You guys really love each other and you're pulling for each other. Always. But you were one of the happiest people at the Oscars. I might've been happier than him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might've been happier than him. Um, I, 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 I think that I would be more than happy to do it. Um, uh, yeah, Bob and Dave did it. Who are heroes of our friends and heroes, friends, yeah. colleagues and friends, colleagues and heroes. They did it. Um, Bob, Odenkirk has encouraged me. He's like, if you, when you, he doesn't even say if, when you guys do it, he well, there's, says, do there's it a Netflix. real reason to do it. You know, there's, I mean, which the elephant in the room, which we don't have to talk about, but right. I, I would say the times are a little different yeah. than when you had the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, there's, there's things that are maybe ripe to have fun with. May I speak to that just for one second? Sure. I'll speak to it Please. vaguely. Yeah. Vaguely. My feeling is knowing Jordan, Jordan, if, if interested in, had a desire to do it. Yeah. Jordan's up to the task because he never stops working. The hard part is we could just frame everything from our point of view comedically and people were interested in seeing it. The leader of the free world at the time had very similar backgrounds to me and Jordan. In fact, we Jordan's been quoted as saying, I don't know that we'd have a show if he wasn't in the Oval Office. Yeah. It made sense. At that time. Yeah. Now, a lot of people are of the opinion that it would make sense for us to do it again now. And my concern is that we've, is perhaps we've gone from the sublime to the ridiculous, which means that Jordan and I would have to find an end around to the ridiculous. Like we'd have to figure out how to either stand outside and, and make comedy about watching what's going on as opposed to experiential comedy inside of what's going on. I don't know how we would make it. It's funny, right? It is comedic, what we're witnessing, and also not comedic. Well, I think SNL, it really hurt. I thought the Baldwin stuff was not good last year because you can't parody what's already a parody. There's nowhere to go. I made a mistake. I pitched. What did you, how do you do I it? I don't know how you do it. It's already here. I, I pitched a scene. In the first season of Key Peel, I pitched, remember the old Marines commercial, yeah. A Few of the Proud, where the guy pulls like, he's in the wheat field and he pulls the sword out of the thing and it's gleaming and he goes and fights the lava monster. Right. So ostensibly what you're doing is you're telling young men they can go fight a lava monster. And Comedy Central's note was, it's already too ridiculous. Like you can't make a sketch off of a human man killing a lava monster and then you get to be a Marine. I'm like, is that what boot camp's like at Paris Island? <laughs> <laughs> I get to, where are they keeping the lava monsters? And so and so they were like, you you can't make it weird. We're that's it. We're in the same place. I, mean, I should just say it. Right? I'm just, you said it. I'm saying it. What can Alec do? He, he he, there's nothing you can do. You can't do any. It's already ridiculous. He can't do anything. 
So we would, people say, you know, Obama really needs that. I, I, someone said to me, Trump needs an anger translator. I'm like, he has one. It's called Twitter. He's, <laughs> True. He's, yeah, what are you talking about? He's got it already. He does not. He doesn't need Luther. L Luther can, shit, L now Luther can absolutely retire. Yeah. Now, unless, I, unless Luther goes on a, a vision quest to find Obama. You, you know what I mean? But, or, <laughs> you, know, you know. Or the Luther's just not saying anything yeah or Luther is like, there's no translation just, needed i'm out man i'm on a boondog hey listen man they just paying me they paying me i just stand here and hope are <laughs> my checks cashing <laughs> this so long as nobody's afraid of this particular black man i don't get shot at one of these rallies that's all he cares <laughs> that's all he cares about yeah it's nothing for him to do there's well, nothing for him to do i'd be fine i'd be fine with a tiny comeback but i would you guys I, are busy I, I we're busy but i kind of want to I'd like to At talk some point, to him. You don't want to sit. You don't want to sit this out. That's that's. I, I guess that would yeah. be the appeal. But remember, he's. But like, he Jordan was already in it with Get Out, which was basically. I think that was one of the reasons that movie worked so well. Yeah, it's it was it was not, zeitgeisty. Not a hot, not a hot take. Like, not, yeah, exactly. Not a hot. It's one of the. It's, it, it it's, was the right year for that movie. One hundred percent. And he he. You have to remember also in regard to his life. Making another movie now. Really excited to see it. Elizabeth Moss, uh, Lupita yeah. Nyong'o. And he's in the midst of it. He's got a month left. He's like in the weeds. Remember, also baby, like a oh, one-year-old boy. He's still technically a newlywed. Just learned to drive. Has his, his, his nice, beautiful maroon Volvo station wagon. A new part of his life is dawning. And I'd like to see what we as a team could glean from that. I'd love to hear his. I want to hear Jordan Peele's takes. The lens Jordan Peele sees parenthood through. Can I ask you about friends from college really quick? Please. One of the strangest viewing experiences I've ever had. <laughs> Did I, I'm just gonna be honest. I didn't, the first four episodes didn't work for me. Okay. And okay. I'm like, I'm sticking with this. I don't know why. And then the last, what was it? Eight? It was eight, eight episodes in the first season or 10. Maybe it, was, it might've been 10. So I maybe think, you watched I four think and it was six. Eight. And maybe, oh, no, think, no, you're right. No, I think you're right. It's eight. It's four and four. You're right. It's eight. And then something flipped. And by the end of it, my wife and I, because we watched it together. We binge watched it. The kids were gone. And the last four, we were all in. I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Now I'm are these people coming back? Did they did they renew this? And then it turned out they renewed it. They renewed now it's it. coming back. We come out in January. I thought it took a while to hit its stride, but then I really felt like it did hit its stride. Now, what was the turning point for you? I don't know whether it was... I don't know. It's been a year. So this yeah, was like yeah, last, yeah. last July. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was somewhere between, there was some sort of road trip maybe. Did they go somewhere? We went to Long Island. We went was to the like North the Fork. the fifth of, episode? Yeah. We went to the North Fork and drank shitty wine. There was an episode where it kind of came together. And it was like, you could just be like, oh, they get it now. They get what the show is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I don't know whether that was- just a happy accident or whatever, but I was in after that. That's I I, I really appreciate that opinion because I you know mostly what I hear that what I've heard the most from people is we like the show. So maybe a lot of people I, I don't know maybe a lot of people had that experience. All I hear is we like the show as a whole, and then the other thing you hear is oh my gosh I'm so glad that bu that bunny rabbit lived. You hear I oh, have mostly from women mostly yeah. from women. Oh you didn't kill thank God you didn't kill the rabbit. But what I, what I find interesting about it, Bill is. What Nick and Francesca did is they wanted to make 
a five and a half hour movie that we cut into segments to make it super bingeable yeah. so that you feel like you're, wa- so it's interesting. So I wanted people to feel like they were watching a movie and that couldn't worked. stop watching it. So the beginning of the movie, you're saying was a little slow, a little slow. Yeah. And, and then I it couldn't get a grip steam. on the characters and, but Succession was like that too on HBO. Right, right. With the, the, the Brian, it, Brian Cox and those guys. Yeah, yeah. That took three episodes. And then all of a sudden it, you kind of look around and go, I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. in. This, I'm in. Yeah. They yanked me in. So I'm excited to see where those characters. I love ensemble where the characters have a history with each other yeah. and somebody slept with somebody else's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the, I've, those have worked forever going back. Obviously the big show, a little bit of DNA mm-hmm, in there, but mm-hmm. it's- there's been multiple tries at this, so the, I'm always in when the seconds. Happens. Oh, you, you'll always give it a try, right? Always, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, oh, there's six, seven friends from college. They're back together. Let's see. Great. Second season. Or it's like a high school great. reunion. All right. I'm yeah, in. yeah, 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 yeah. Second, so second season's, season's when January, January, and 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 I and mean Predators this weekend. Predators this weekend. Yeah, the fourteenth. I oh, googled you, and there was like all oh, this whole Olivia Munn controversy. I was like, oh my god, yeah, this yeah. is. So that's like. Is that slowed down? We're taping this on like a Tuesday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's say, yeah, let's say, let's say it slowed down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's, was it's, weird, though. It was. It was. Yeah, it was. You said your piece. We don't have to. I love it. <laughs> <Move on. laughs> it's a. It's like we said before. Like I'm glad that that it, it, the movie, the movie itself, so much fun. I love. Uh, I always just feel like I want to say I love Canadians because we shot the whole thing, the entire thing in Vancouver. And what sometimes I like Vancouver. I love Vancouver. And there's something I realized in the beginning of the movie, there's a jungle scene. And I said to Boyd Holbrook one day, I said, where would you guys shoot the jungle scene in Mexico? He goes, Vancouver. I'm like, well, how did you do that? It, I, like, you forget because the only people you ever see are us, right? You only ever see the actors. And then you forget, like, somehow the prop people ha- put all of the palm fronds in all the right places to make it look like, I just went, oh, I thought that you guys went out. If you didn't. Vancouver, like it doesn't have anything. It looks like Portland. Yeah, how you make it look like a jungle? So th- th- it was re- the crew is really great, and 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 we had a nice ensemble. Like our very first shot shot that we we shot was in a, a really like tight area in a bus, and I think Shane's idea was if I can put them in a miserable space, then they'll commiserate about how miserable the space is, and it'll build camaraderie, and it freaking worked. Wow. And it worked. And then we all would go out and have dinner and we'd all eat, we'd eat together. And we all gave movie suggestions to each other all the time. Cause like we were working so many nights that you'd say, all right, I want you to watch uh, reflections of a golden eye, uh, Robert Forster's first film, Liz, Liz, uh, Liz Taylor, uh, Marlon Brando, uh, Brian Keith and, uh, Augusto. So it was like a book club. Like yeah. A movie it was a book club. club. Okay. You watch, you watch Incendies, which was, uh, the last, French Canadian film that uh, Denis uh, Villeneuve made. Okay, I'm on it. Uh, you watch this. Okay, I'm gonna watch um, something. Uh, what's the What's the movie with um, with Gene Hackman and his son and uh, Uncommon Valor? I'm gonna oh, watch yeah. Uncommon Valor. Then, of course, we all watched all the Predator movies, including the AVP movies. I'm a fan. Like I'm a shameless fan. Like I'll just take genre. I'll take schlocky genre sometimes. Like you know, like you're up. You know, when they hear the stories about when they had the cast hang out for chemistry purposes, yeah. it always goes well. There's never a story about, yeah, so we brought the cast in two weeks early, but then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. then Wesley Snaps tried to stab somebody. <laughs> so, so, right, exactly. so we sent everyone home until- There was a brawl. There was, like a, there was yeah. a battle royale. It always yeah. works out great. It There's always never, works out great. It's never a disaster. Maybe every movie should do they this. They should do that every time. They yeah. should. Do, I mean, we did all of our training together, like training with weapons and how to cover each other and walk uh. a room. I mean, all of it was fantastic. And everybody had fun and, you know- 
different, different, different guys. You get a guy who's 31 and a guy who's 25 and a guy who's 47 and a guy who's 38. And, and the, the movie, you know, it's been a big journey for all of us too. Like, like Boyd, who's, you know, the male lead in the movie, he and his wife weren't pregnant when we started shooting it. They now have a seven month old son. That's how Jesus. long it's been. And so we've all been in each other's lives. Did you ask Sterling K. Brown to give a speech at all? The greatest <laughs> speech giver ever? He's the best speech giver. Has anyone ever given better award speeches? I was at the Time 100 Awards yeah. earlier this year, and they asked him to talk about someone who was influential, a woman who was influential in his wife, life. And he talked about Mrs. Miss, Ms. B. I can't remember if she was his history teacher or his English teacher. Greatest speech. Like the greatest speech. Like we're all crying. And the funniest, we'd, we'd get on set and pumping, we'd be talking about something, and Sterling would then point to me. What were you pointing to me for? Right. It's like, well, you're the leader. Maybe I'm the leader. Then Shane's like, he's the leader. And then Shane leaves the room. I'm like, all right, guys, let's say, <laughs> like, I'm the guy that would say, I, I was like, I didn't know I was the leader. I thought I was Julie, the cruise director. I thought I was setting up all the entertainment here. But um, does he have a daughter? Uh, no, Sterling. Uh, no, Sterling has two sons. He needs to have a daughter just to give the father of the bride speech at the wedding. Yeah, yeah. The most you emotional get, wedding speech ever you given. You could hire that guy to do wedding speeches for <laughs> anybody should, else's daughters. Two other daughters. You yeah. should do like, like some kind in. of working class guy in Pittsburgh goes, you know, I'm not very good at this. <laughs> Here's I heard that guy from This Is Us, he's coming in here, uh, here are the words, and he's going to say it. This <laughs> and Sterling an just, SNL sketch. It would be a great yeah. guy. They should have done that sketch when he hosted last Sterling year. Sterling K. Brown. Sterling wedding K. Brown. speech for hire. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, good luck with the movie. Good Thanks luck with so everything. Much, man. It's good to I'm see you, excited Bill. for all this stuff. Great to see you as well. Me too. Yeah, 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 man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks so much to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to check them out. ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to the ringer.com and the ringer podcast network. Don't forget to check out our Instagram. Subscribe if you haven't already. You can get some great Instagram stories like the one Haley O'Shaughnessy put up late last night. Check out our YouTube. Check out our Twitter. We have new shows. We have a Kevin Clark, worst picks ever. Every week, he's going to make the worst football picks possible. We'll see how that does. And then uh, Roger Sherman, lots of rumors of him coming up with some sort of gimmick. I've seen some rough cuts. I don't know if the world's ready for Roger Sherman on video, but you're getting it anyway. So that's happening. And we have uh, NBA is now officially a month away. We have some stuff in store for that. The Ringer NBA show is heating up. Uh, if you missed hearing basketball, go listen to that. We're up in that too for a week. I think next week, actually. So check that out. And thanks to Starbucks Double Shot. Starts with bold Starbucks coffee blended with milk for a smooth, creamy, delicious flavor. Enhanced with ginseng, garana, and B vitamins. Joe House has promised to pour one into his Trenta Red Eye to see if he can run a 40-yard dash in 4.0. Starbucks Double Shot. It's energy to do things you actually do. Find it in your local convenience store. Enjoy the weekend. Go Patriots. Sal and I are taping Sunday night again. So that will be a late night for the night owls on Sunday night and early in the morning for everybody else. Until then. <laughs>